Hey, uh, well, first of all, I like to say, and I ain't speaking to find me, because I want to be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their, his testicles so far up their mouths that this is bullshit, you know? I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the pull back. Drop down, say, bah! Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did travel some humongous ways. Oh, that's the paper plate? Oh, that looks good, Ivan. Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are back! Yes, shredheads, waxheads, kooks and barnies, welcome to Ain't That Swell, the radio show, and now TV show, Vaughn. Woo! Dedicated to cutting fucking sick. I'm your host, the two-time Gold Cone Peace Award winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the maestro of micro dosing, Zemibi. Zemibi. Joined here, as always, by my loyal co-host and friend, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Tracks magazine, Waves magazine, Vaughn Corn, Deadly. Welcome to the program, Vaughn. Thank you, Smivy. Great to be here. Great to be in the ATS. What is this joint? A bunker? Bunker. Okay, yep. Yep. I think... Uh, with a utopia, the way, the way the world's going, the bunker's probably a good call, and uh, good to have a, some special guests in here with us today, Smivy. Mm. It's uh, my absolute... Pleasure and privilege to welcome to the program, Wade Goodall. Thanks, Smitty. Stoked to be here. <laughs> Listened to the show heaps uh, at the start and then lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> You and me both, mate. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yet here we are. <laughs> Just got busy, I guess. So. <laughs> I, found, I found it really hard to listen to podcasts during COVID for some reason. I, I used to just listen to heaps of them and it's tricky. It's tricky now. Now that I've got so much TV to watch. <laughs> that's why we're on here, right? Mm, that's mm. right. Mm. Tune in, drop in, punch one and tap out. <laughs> uh, and of course, Surfcore 2001. The North Coast's finest specimen. Welcome to Ain't That Swell, uh, the inaugural television episode, Surf Corps. Yeah, cheers, boys. Glad to pop the YouTube cherry with you. It's mental. It's a really good studio we've got set up here, too. I'm loving that textured Joel Parkinson DHD 80 YZ logoed. Yeah, how rim fucking... job you've got on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty red hot. DHD went all out on the merch when uh, when Parker was red hot in his junior years. So yeah, stoked on it. Mm, what did that uh, cost you on eBay? I imagine a few grand at least. Nah, um, I think it was one of the treasures that we pulled out of Parker. Oh, no, no, Stace Galbraith got it for me. Apparently DH, before the factory unfortunately burnt down, had like a full crypt of just like core artifacts from his days. And he had just like box on box on box of um, Y2K era visors. I'm fucking hyped on it. Mm. I've got a black one too. So this one's my, this one's my day one. That's my formal attire. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever, uh, did you ever as a, a you know, hardcore fan of that era 
buy the little shark tooth necklaces out of the back of Tracks magazine in the uh, yeah, classifieds. I, I fully did. This is a <laughs> bico one, one here. Yeah, um, this one's been around for ages, but I fully had a um, had a shark tooth one. But then I got scared that like a shark had like smell. Bad like, juju. I, I like watched a doco once, and it was like about how good shark sense of smell is, and if they could smell like a dead shark or something like the little shark tooth and be like, oh, that that's my mate. That's my mate's well, tooth. Like, Wayne Rabbit Bartholomew actually told me once that he'd never eaten shark in his life, never eaten flake. I was like, I thought that was pretty much to the menu in uh, the Gold Coast, just fish and chips. I what, can't believe he can three avoid it day. and cool. <laughs> yeah, like that's what I was going to say. Serve. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he reckons just no good. No good. Don't, don't eat shark and they won't eat you. That was his theory. Really? Yeah. Mm. Wow, that's some uh, deke. Deep karmic advice there. He's a pretty karmic dude, Rabs. Mm. Remember, remember uh, in the days before the really intense surf forecasting, Rabbit used to uh, be the uh, contest director at all of the Aussie Junior events. Wow, and, so he's and they, the only man trusted. They, they used the to only say Oracle they'd run trusted. photos of him in tracks like on a, a phone, which back then there was no real mobile phone. So he had one of those big brick ones and there'd always be a caption that said Rabbit on the phone to Huey. And that sort of kept rolling as he uh he started taking over contest directing of like the uh kira pro when that was uh at kira and then he scored just year oh the billabong super challenge on the south coast no one scored the south coast that good since that was um the fucking there's like a old like quarter page ad in tracks where there was like a one three hundred like bugs or something and you'd call it and you get the goldie surf report and it'd be like a like you'd call it and it would go to a message bank and it would be like that week's surf report and be Bugs narrating it. Like it's so, so iconic. Yeah. I saw an ad for it the other day. Do you reckon all the uh, the spare chains from those ads went straight into the uh, Bricky's laptops, did he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they had laptops in those days. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they covered the refurbishing so. at like 20s. That they're doing just still. pulling the lever though. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Twin Towns was just one spiraling cathedral to poker machines before <laughs> Rabs' message bank kicked off. But uh, yeah, wild. Imagine how many... Uh, how many secret spots and just, yeah, the guy has so much knowledge. Mm. We've got to get him on one day. He's, I think he's actually been doing a podcast with Tim Baker. I'm pretty sure they're yeah, doing right. something called Rabbit Tales. And uh, I know Goodsy's, you know, he's, he's obviously right up on the podcast if he's stopped listening <laughs> to us. So you, you haven't heard it, mate? Uh, no, not Rabbit. Right, give it a whirl. Is Tim give Baker, it a whirl. is that the guy from... Uh, he is... Uh, no, he's a... Uh, he's a writer. Oh, yeah. World famous surf writer slash magazine editor. He edited tracks. He edited Surfing Life, and uh, he famously had a run in with Smithy in mm. uh, Jeffrey's Bay once. Mm-mm-mm. What happened? But uh, they've made up, and everything's good now, right? Oh, he wanted to go until I put it on him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what's that Baker guy in the news? The peroxide hair one. Um, he's just... Corey. Uh, uh, the... Oh, Simon Baker. Nah, he's the mentalist. Are you thinking Pete Evans? Yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> he was out at Cabin the other day on like a fucking like uh, like Tomo fucking Slater Designs looking like a full reptile. Yeah. <laughs> full reptile, good recipes apparently. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Wade, thanks for coming, mate. But uh, you f- it's all about your film, really, Pentecostal. What's the feedback? Congrats, mate. Been yeah, like? Thank it's you so much. Epic. Stoinker. It's been really good. Um, uh, if you've ever created anything, you know how close you get and how, how much you look over it and you get desensitised. By release, by release time, I, um, 
was just had no idea whether it wasn't the most boring thing I've ever ever seen you know I was yeah totally scorched on it but since it's released the feedback has been insanely positive and I listen to people whose opinion I actually listen to and they've all been good so it's checked out so um I feel like really really accomplished now to to direct my first film of that magnitude and mm. get it out and actually pull that off because it was a yeah. big, big learning curve. It was a big, uh, just sort of a go for it for myself. Because you're coordinating, you know, the van's stable of talent. You, I don't know what that entails, the logistics of getting people to certain waves and spots on time. I mean, mm. that must be incredibly difficult. Logistically, it's crazy. Um, and just I hate asking people to do stuff as well that probably stems from hate being told to do stuff. Mm. <laughs> so it was really hard to like, um, I'm not the best at forecasting either, which is uh, a huge thing. And you're calling up like Nathan Fletcher or Dane Reynolds or anyone to come to like the other side of the earth. And then the waves are shit, which happened a bunch of times. It's just Ooh. like, it, it's hard. That wow. gets rough. But what a cold rabbit. Yeah, I should have called that rabbit. Is that message bank still <laughs> active? Off, that one three hundred number um, <laughs> charts up though. <laughs> Gotta yeah. give it a call. Yeah, <laughs> channel nine isobar dot com. Um, um, I, I, I felt the second it came on the screen, you you knew you were in for something special. You know the the uh, the animations, the drawings. It just it had uh, a great atmosphere and a good feel right from the get go. And I, I think that you know that's a bit of a hallmark of everything that you've. Uh, lent your name to or your creativity to over the years. Um, so, did you have a, an end goal in mind in terms of you know like uh, how you wanted this thing to look? Uh, I know that uh, the concept is is really cool, the pentagram on the on the map. But mm. um, yeah, did you have like you know a, a, a full vision in your head of how you wanted this thing to turn out? Yeah, a hundred percent. Good on you, man. Fuck, that's good to hear, eh? Yeah, from it was, it was all on paper before I. St- even asked anyone to be involved Mm. um and that's why i had so much passion i just like when you're creative um in many different ways when those ideas come you just got to act on them especially ones you fall in love with so that was one that i just had to follow through with and been involved making movies before but not uh as the director not as coordinating not as sort of my whole it was my my dream mm. come to reality so yeah i had i had once i started um started the idea it kind of just came from me wanting to stay in oz for the winter sick of indo can't handle the crowds anymore <laughs> i'm done <laughs> what could you get sick of about that word <laughs> you tell me um, <laughs> It runs different, but fuck, I was over it. Um, Careful what you wish for, mate, because you might be going that back there for uh, could be fifteen years. At <laughs> yeah, the sort of That's way what I'm trying going. to say I'm totally fine <laughs> with that. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to stay in Oz, and then I was looking at the shape of Australia, where I want to go. Listening to a Nick Cave song, uh, Brompton Obituary. One day he says the word Pentecostal, and it sort of just dawned on me in my head. I said Pentecostal, and then I just raced home got the map of Australasia out, drew an upside down pentagram on it. And I was like, that's exactly where I want to go for the next winter. Wow. And that's where that, <laughs> the art direction for the poster came. 
Was the poster superimposed over a Ouija board while you were doing this? <laughs> nah. <laughs> See, like, it's, it's funny. It's like, it seems so dark. And it's like, people relate the pentagram straight away to the devil. And, um, Did you have many conversations with the Dark Lord over the course of the three uh, three years of the filming? Was he coming to you in visions? Did you nah, see him in certain barrels? Some of those skunkings, he was uh, <laughs> hovering above your head. Nah, nah, since COVID, he's been locked down. There, he can't come up. So I'll talk to him after all this shit. I Coughing get. his lungs out. But it, in no way is it satanic or um or cultish at all. Um, the pentagram I used was an elemental one, uh, coming from the pagan pentagram. So um, that's what, yeah. I, I, I I'm not a uh, I'm not the antichrist. No, you just some kind of, you're just some kind of pagan. <laughs> yeah, you're just a very naughty boy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, uh, yeah. Tell, tell us about some of these like some of the trips. I know there was a mad dash to score uh, P pass. Tell, start with that one. Yeah. So every trip for the first eight months was really shit. Like, and we got to the end stage of the. Um, budget and uh time frame and it was really rubbish we had like i had like maybe three waves of dane from an indo trip that was at the level that i wanted for the film Mm. well when you tempt you know when you're drawing upside down crucifixes on the map of australia way you're tempting fate (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess so i guess i'm so separated from that i just like the art aesthetic that's it so i don't look past it i'm like i don't remember anything in my life i i Remember aesthetics, so that's where that. What's was. what's the headspace and the and the combos like with you know sponsors uh, within the team when you've done? What, how how many uh, months did you spend on the first on phase one? Do you think it it was about nine months of filming? You've got surfing. three waves in the bag, and pretty just much like at the level where I wanted it, and then uh, that we asked I asked for an extension, and they were all good. They they was they've been super supportive the whole time. They believed in me, but they were also like. Kick up the ass, you know what? What's that? Um, apoc- apocalypse now? Mm. Yeah, I remember Scott saying to me, oh, "We don't want another apocalypse now, do we, mate?" And I was like, "Shit," that like resonated. I was like, "I'm not failing this extension." Who would have been your uh, Marlon Brando? I, I assume <laughs> a morbidly obese <laughs> Dane Reynolds showing yeah. up in somewhere in the distant reaches of Sumatra. He kind of has the, the hooked on Valiums. <laughs> Can't surf, no boards, no fins. Late career Elvis situation. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah. Once P Pass popped up, we were in Port Macquarie. Uh, the other P Pass kettling around, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, oh, that swell came up, and we just sort of me and Shana just went for it, and we was like, "This is make or break." Um, and it was psychotic. We booked the flights, drove straight from Port to the airport overnight in Brizzy, and flew there. And if anyone's been there, they know the trek that it is. Um, even though we we're rocking up late, it might have been windy. What kind of a trek is it? How many flights? How many boats? How many uh, tuk-tuks? Um, it can go from like, it can be two and it can be four. So yeah. it usually takes about two days, a stopover, a multi-island sort of hop. But it is one of the most draining legs you can do. But it's And it's expensive. So it's like, you go, it's, you, it's a roll of the dice for sure. But... Um, I've had a good track record and I know I, I know people that know that wave really well, so I'm always in there here. Mm. Bugs, <laughs> Pretty quick. Scardi, Alois from P Pass. Um, yeah, I've got trusting people to to help me out with choices. But so that trip saved the whole movie. Uh, once it's, me and Shano went there, we come home and we're like, Yeah, we're on. Like we it, could we could save this thing. And so like 
just break it down though. Like you, you literally got there with like the swell had already hit and you had, what was it, like an afternoon to get clips and the next morning or something like that. Like you'd travelled for fucking four days or two days or whatever it was. Mm. And uh, yeah, talk, talk to us about that. Oh, the pass depends on the swell, but uh, you're usually in for three days at least in a swell, mm. the ones I've gone on anyway. So we rocked up the morning of the what was meant to be the biggest and I remember getting like off the plane and my friend Mitch, who has a camp there from Hawaii, he uh, he's like, it's the best day we've seen in ages, mate. And I was like just yelling at the baggage handlers to hurry up. We got out the front. I there was a bunch of Japanese guys with us staying at the camp and I was picked up their board bags and threw them in the van before it had even <laughs> stopped. And they were freaking out on me. I was like, we got to, we got to fucking go right now. And we got out there at like lightning. Speed. Did he bow? Did he bow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, cause I thought that was the day and that's the, as soon as we could get there, you know, we knew we were going to miss that morning, but um, that day turned out amazing. And then the next day turned out amazing. And then the next little bump ended up being bigger. Um, so, it was just like three days of like good size pee pass and, and really, really uncrowded. Like I surfed a good chunk of that by myself for three wow. days because of the backdoor shootout being on. No one came from it looks Hawaii. so scary, man. No, no one it came doesn't from look Oz. that fun to me. It looks too, it looks too hectic. It was just, I don't know. How, what about you, Smithy? I, I don't know if I could sack up by myself in surf like that. Yeah, the yeah, line of water, the shoulder on it must look fucking harrowing as you're paddling into it. I know on the smaller days it's, it's fucking cylindrical and perfect, but yeah. my good mate uh, Dane Bernheim, Squiddy, Jeremy Flores is filming. He nearly died out there, mm. and he fucking rips, like uh, just too deep in the pit. Hit his scone on the bottom, and uh, they found him fucking face down. Uh, he's lucky fucking to be alive. Hell. But, yeah, um, yeah. What, what's it like being out there on your Pat Malone and uh, – Staring at just fucking stacked lines of absolute Pacific Roy. <laughs> Fuck, it's a dream come true. <laughs> it's like I was saying earlier you. with Indo and stuff. I was like, I'm, I'm rubbish in crowds, and I, I've been getting more, more of a disdain for it. So that was like, I don't know. It was like every, every trip uh, that was fucked coming back mm. and giving in, in. But just sitting out there by yourself is really hard because it is semi-open ocean it is a pass but it's also very deep water out the back not much of a landmark to go off you just have one buoy that's kind of like off your side out so i just i I, I swear i I looked at that buoy i was going to go and draw a face on it after it because it was like my (laughs) that was who i hung with that Uh, yeah. Wilson the buoy calling yeah. you into him. Yeah, this that, one. <laughs> that, r- that round little redhead over there just helped me yeah. have have uh, have my lineup uh, for Fuck days. Me. But it was just yeah, that was that was a trip of my life, I think for sure. And that wave is is scary at times, but it's it's perfect. <laughs> like you, you, once you're out there and the, you you feel the speed it generates for you, mm. you know you can make shit. And, and it's like an Indo perfect wave on many waves, but it's also like an Indo wave into a slab, which is what I, I love. Like, that's the best. Can you just, did, you must have copped a couple of bone rattlers out there. Yeah, for did, sure. Can you take us through sort of a, a wipeout where you were caught off guard? Because uh, just the other day, Smithy, I was surfing Lennox and a guy kind of crumbled a section. I went to go around it and uh, just got caught in that weird little, right on that little 
bump zone where the, yeah. the lip kind of hits the rail of your board and it just fucking detonated me so badly, like out of nowhere. And uh, I was underwater laughing, just going, fuck, that hasn't happened for ages. And then I, I didn't feel any pull on my leggy. I was like, oh, no, fuck. And yeah, sure enough, I come up and there's me board just getting ragdolled along the rocks. Yeah. The one that Connor O'Leary just gave me, by the way. So, uh, <laughs> that was our board, boy. Our board, our board. <laughs> but uh, actually, you should have a go on it now that none of the fins are in it. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> No, can you take us through through one out there? Because like you know, it's, I'm sure it's, you're cracking up at the bottom of a, a ten foot ten foot by yourself, there. knowing that you know there's you, you got to be rolling around down there for a bit. Yeah, you just get kind of rolled there. Um, it, if you don't, the, the 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 gnarly bit is if you fall on that end bowl. That's where it drains. It goes really, really below sea level, and that's where you're going to hit if you go down. But I like I got away with heaps of shit on that trip. Um, you just kind of get rolled, do a lap of the lagoon and come back out. I mean, I, when I'm not on trips, I'm like at home doing the cleaning and school run and shit and I need to get worked out pee past. <laughs> I really need it. <laughs> I want some adrenaline so just bad. Just to feel something. <laughs> I, I need, yeah. yeah. Better than cutting yourself. Uh, uh. Yeah. That like perfectly triangular Vegemite sandwich ain't cutting it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you realise no crust, Dad. <laughs> yeah, Louis no crust. Kids get oh. to school, open their lunchbox, and there's just pentagrams everywhere. There. <laughs> <laughs> Vegemite pentagrams. <laughs> and you realise you literally are the Colonel Kurtz of surfing. Disdain for crowds, uh, you know, just travelling as far and distant to some strange pass so you can surf on your own ten foot cones. Yeah, it's a worthy mission. Mm. Um. Um, yeah, I, I, sorry, mate. I just I didn't mean to drop in there, but I, I just wanted to ask. We mentioned uh, Shane Fletcher before, who we should give props to because uh, incredible job. He, he's a he's a master. Yeah. At what he does, but um, when uh, Aussie and Cowboy were filming 156 tricks for a year and spending you know a lot of time in each other's pockets, uh, for a couple of funny things went down. You know. Uh, I think Ozzy had one of the best sessions of his life on this French shorey. Uh, it was sort of, you know, perfect surf for him, doing big airs when not many people had really been stomping him and linking him together. And he had a, a crowd just sort of gathering, and pretty soon they were just cheering. Cheering, you know, like, up in the air, people waving scarves. Just going absolutely crazy for him. And he turns around and goes, where's Cowboy? And Cowboy had actually uh, met some chick and gone down to Spain for the day. He'd split, he'd split and search a bit of the old in, out, in, out. And I was walking going, hang on, that was like the best surf I've ever had. I was getting cheered on every wave and uh, no filmer. And uh, and I know another another trip they did, um, I think they ended up coming to blows at an airport, just grabbing each other around the neck and just fully punching on. Oh, but so, they do it to you, Vaughn. They do it to you the yeah, airports. They do, they do. Yeah, they do. But I, I'm just, you know, the, the relationship between the filmer and the surfer when it's a partnership when you're both mm. fully invested in a project and you both want it to be you know as good as the other is is there did you find any moments where the the feathers started to ruffle yeah for sure and it was just through being tired and just we both like try so hard with whatever we're doing he is like an absolute perfectionist to the point where it's crazy mm. uh when it comes to editing and filming so like, yeah, there was, there was heaps of shit, but like, it was just being tired and trying too hard. And did you bash of, him? That's what I wanted. No, no. <laughs> hey, Fletcher's a big rig. Yeah, he, he was like he played yeah. up second row for the Burley Bears. Did he fold you up and put, it, put put you in his backpack and just no. go? I've had enough. No, had you enough. know what? It was a 
real, real good collaboration. Great. I want to say that because it was everything I lacked, he kind of had, like asking people about financial stuff or just organizing shit that I'm like not the best at. And then other, other times I would help him at stuff he needed to. But so I think like the, our minds. Shaving his back and stuff like that. Yeah, nah, yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> Bleaching his corn. Yeah, I didn't shave it. I just used nair. It just wipes. Undoing his balloon knot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, nah, um, nah, I think we complimented each other really good. I think uh, the editing and the deadline was crazy. Um, and we, we just butted heads on a few things, but it's just, that's just the creative. Like it's a masterpiece, that. mate. It is. But he was like, so, um, always so respectful that it was my mm. vision on you, Shana. And it was my art direction. And he would bring points to me that were very valid and I would take them, but there would be also points stuff like that he would just mm. say, okay, this is, this is what you want. This is what you want. So and I'm like, that was felt so good for me. I'm assuming it came from Shane, you know, like a uh, wait. Uh, I don't want to bring this up, mate, but uh, it's eight months in the filming. We've got three clips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I, I fuck. I was like the biggest case study. You could have followed me around and maybe documented some self combustion. There was like three <laughs> moments where I thought I was going to disintegrate into particles um, <laughs> during the making, but. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, he didn't need to tell me shit. I knew what was wrong <laughs> at all times. Now, uh, I've got to nut this out too. Tell me about the uh, Ponape, the, the P-Pass McValue meal. I understand at the convenience stores there, they uh, the McValue meal, the Ponpay McValue meal, it's, uh, it's a joint, a, a coconut water and a, a lobster burger or something like that. They're selling joints at the uh, convenience stores over there. I haven't tapped into the meal, but... <laughs> 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 um, because if you've ever had a joint and a coconut, you don't really need anything else. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the joint situation is really good over there. That's another <laughs> one of the reasons I love that place. You can get joints delivered to you wherever you are. What? Um, pre-rolled is a dollar, a fat one's two, and I think you can get a stick for 20 bucks. Okay. Um, it's competitive. Yeah, it's really nice. So you mm. just kind of have... Uh, and there's also a drive-through. There's a house that you. Uh, I thought so. Yeah, that's the maybe yeah. what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah. You're there's this house the, uh, that your taxi guy goes down and down a driveway, a little uh, carport and an actual window that perfect. opens yeah, and you yeah. buy a pre-roll. No, that's great. And you go. There are entrepreneurs born. <laughs> they're in P Pass. Did you actually have a look at the the factory? I know, like you go to you know parts of Germany you can go on the brewery tours and mm. uh, did you go to the, the P-Pass joint rolling factory <laughs> no <laughs> like the Macca's freezer yeah <laughs> no, no no there was I was kind of sketched because like, I don't know I don't really want to get caught doing the wrong thing there um, so definitely wasn't hanging too hard there's some sketchy places there mate you're in the middle of middle of the Micronesia that place is really special it has a very piratey feel mm. it is dank and it is uh beautiful and i don't know it's just everything it is a, a very like a, a caribbean vibe mm. but a bit darker deeper yeah, water you know? such a, and it's kind of a, a recent discovery as far as the mainstream surfing consciousness goes i guess it come on the map with like the first footage i saw was dan ross getting fucking giant oh, 10 yeah. foot cones back in the day and then dorian in the campaign like maxed out p pass and i just remember my fucking eyes Falling out of my skull when I mm. first saw uh, Rossi just stand. I was like, "What is this? It looks like fucking I don't know a mix of 
reverse chopes and like backdoor rolled into uh, one. I remember yeah. that trip. That was with uh, Grambo, right? Yeah. Really big and blue. Like big crazy looking. Chip shot yeah. rolled. Like a bit yeah. of shippies in it too. It was a fucking wild. It was a monster though. Yeah. 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 Alois just put that up on the Pompeii Surf Club uh, Instagram. A couple of those clips. is Dorian, Matthews, Rossi. I'm not sure who else is there. But um, it's such an iconic wave. It is my favourite wave in the world for mm. sure. It's the, I, don't, I haven't surfed a right that good anywhere. Mm. Um, it's crazy. But it's fickle too. It's like it's hard to get. Start of the year is usually the time and there might be one, uh, if you're lucky, two of those memorable ones a year, you know. Mm. And sometimes it doesn't happen for a year. So although it is... And other the caliber of wave it is, it's like it's hard to get to. The Hawaiian yeah. boys are onto it. Like, do, do you yeah. see those guys up there a fair bit? Yeah, and it's like actually a, it's it's a special place in that way too because I've been there on three s- other trips with a bunch of my friends from Hawaii also, and it, it's never I've never been there and it's been a hassly environment. Mm. I've every time I've ever been there, it's been sit in line and and it's your turn, it's your turn. I've never had any, uh, I've never seen any bad stuff go down the line up there and that's um that's rare i don't know if it's like that on a crowded next swell (laughs) 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 it's a long way to go to get skunked too could you imagine vaughn i mean we've all been skunked but just Mm. multiply it by ten thousand us dollars trying to think of the furthest i've ever traveled to get skunked it's probably uh not too fast maybe maybe just from the front door to north wall (laughs) (laughs) there were a whole lot of traveling to get skunked mate but you can't help it sometimes. But I, I don't know. I, yeah, I can't think. I, I think Seven Slaves, we didn't get like the greatest surf, but a couple of days at Lance's Left and stuff like that made it worthwhile. Seven days, Seven Slaves. Yeah. yeah. That, that was like, you know, that we were hoping to get... need good waves. That was like the best movie ever. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, Iconic it was, like kettle-ish waves for Aussie. It was the two-foot two foot surf that kind of like broke it open yeah. for, uh, for Aussie and, and TB was lighting it up too. So, yeah. I don't know. I think uh, if you're a lesser surfer, you can... You can get somewhere, and if it's waist high and not too many people, you can have fun. Yeah, but yeah, Pompeii. I don't know. Don't know if it's. If I'm ready for it. Six foot. Perfect. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. You'd love it anyway. You're going so fast. You can get through it. Finger buns are just sitting in a room. They're sweet and sticky and absolutely delicious. Finger buns. Finger buns. Feed your face. Brought to you by Surfcore 2001 <laughs> Goodsy bra This is your life oh, Yes, oh, Surfcore yeah. The 2006 Junior Series I can't explain, I'm dizzy Said a patently introverted Wade to the reporters on the beach at Janjuk A tightly contested season Coming into the last event The Moffat Beach Ambassador was out the outside chance against favourites Julian Wilson and Owen Wright. Goodsy got to work on his competitors with his unmatchable small wave progression and kettleish punts, rinsing the Y2K junior icons, Laurie Towner, Ben Dunn, Heath Josk, <laughs> on his way to flogging Central Coast's most washed Matty Wilco in the final. Wilco would later claim that it was his 18th birthday the night previous and he may have inhibited his own potential by headbutting chalk and sinking Sambucas until the sun came up. But that is just pure, bitter, back-chatting bullshit. <laughs> well Wade said. Could beat, <laughs> Wade was fucking hotter than Magma that year and could have beat Wilco with his fucking eyes closed. 
So I think uh, Wilco should uh, issue a formal apology for that bullshit. Peel it back, Wilco. <laughs> peel it back. Give the man his credit. Junior series. Yeah. Shit, I never heard that statement from Wilco. That's huge. And now that you have, are you going to take his fucking head off? I always see him in the freezer aisle at Foodworks. I'll hit him up. uh, (laughs) I I used to commentate a lot of those junior series events and um, we've talked about this in probably every interview we've we've ever done together, but you used to like get so uh, frustrated and I felt like... um, Particularly with yourself, um, you were one of the only guys, other than uh, Aussie and maybe I, I haven't seen Kaloe and Dino do it, but I, like who physically punched yourself in the head mid heat. Um, Joe Underoo is pretty iconic. Joe Underoo's done it too, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What what were sort of where did that anger come from? Uh, that frustration was it because you were f- sort of wedged into competing and it wasn't a natural fit for you, or was it because of your performance, or you know how come it elevated it? self to a place where you had to lash out um i don't know i think that's i'm really um uh lacking in coping mechanisms and it's that's been something i've worked on my whole life um uh it's not something i'm proud of punching myself in the head because of a surf contest it's fucking lame but um i had a pretty troubled youth mentally and stuff so that all stemmed from that um and it just uh deeply wanting to do good and deeply disappointed if I didn't. Um, so, yeah, it just came from that. I was just, yeah, pissed off at myself a lot. Mm. Instead of taking, wanting to take the competitor's fucking head off. Yeah, I never really... <laughs> wanted to take his own fucking head off. Yeah, yeah. fuck, you, you have to do a lot for me to be mad at you. Um, but it doesn't take a lot for me to be pissed off at myself. Mm. So I'm still working on that. For sure. Mm. That'll be a lifelong true thing trying to better myself, I think. Mm. Your own worst critic... Isn't it true, Vaughan? Oh, mate. Aren't we all our own worst The head critics? noise. The head noise that goes on up here between three and five in the morning sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to be aware of that shit. And um, mm. I look back in that, like, obviously embarrassed, but also fully take knowledge of it and mm. and try not to keep that up. Did the junior well, series... I, I quit that pretty much yeah. when I quit that, you know? Was it, I mean... Being part of that Billabong team, uh, it was such a m- massive team by the time you're sort of leaving the junior series. Mm. Um, did you know straight away that just comps that was that was it? You were done. Did you Kiwi grind for a bit? I did Kiwi grind for a bit. The, the junior series was so mental. Mm. When I was doing it, it was like insanely fun. It was everyone on there was really fucking cool. People from Hawaii were coming over. It was. So many events in a year. We pretty much had a like full blown year. Big names too, right? I mean, yeah. it's really like good surfing. Wilson, like Owen mental. Like when I came into it, I saw like Fano and and Bede and Joel Parker like leave in their last wow. year or whatever, you know. So like that's the kind of shit that I was following. And and, and, and win CTs exactly. They went year, straight like, away. Yeah, wow. crazy. So the level was crazy for that series at that point, um, and it continued like all the way through. My era was. Maybe a bit more rogue, I feel like. I think like a lot of natural talent and a lot of uh, a lot of fun boys as well at the same time. <laughs> well played, fun boys. Yeah. Respect to the fun boys. But then boys. it like came just under us, and it's like the the guys like Owen and Julian and Wilco, and that that went on to great like CT success. So like that whole time, the junior series, and there was money in it, and it was just real fun. Everyone, as soon as you got knocked out, you would just go to the hill and party and. Everyone would be getting chicks and drinking and 
It was just really fun. <laughs> it was extremely fun. Did you and have a nemesis? One... Did you have a nemesis on the junior tour? I'm always curious to know what, like, Not you know, really. the grommy, the grommy arm wrestles. <laughs> Not really. I wasn't like, no. Nah. Everyone was kind of evenly matched in results and stuff mm. like that. You talk about that junior series bullshit, um, but that I won. But I didn't know I was even. I was like eighth or something. I didn't know I was even in a chance until. We paddled out and they were like, oh, whoever wins this final, by the way, wins the junior series. You're like, fuck you. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. You just said that to me. I hope it wasn't me rated but, that um, out. I feel bad now. Yeah, I did a couple of chop-ups and got through somehow. But, um, fuck, it was a big deal, the junior once, series. Yeah, the junior series mental. And that was my last event last year on it. And I just finished on such a high um, that it was uh, really cool. But then through that, I got a seed into the QS. And I did about six months, didn't really like it, uh, chilled out on it and then went back the next year to try and do another kick at it. And um, I think I did another six months and I just mid-heat in Brazil, couldn't get a, couldn't get a wave after like um, multiple events, not getting waves in heats from hassling, not even being able to – I went to Fiji, the Pastor Point one. And I didn't get a wave the whole trip. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> wow. Even the free surfs, just yeah. locusts. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was spending all my money and I was going to like other ends of the earth, not seeing shit, just like going from hotel to comp site, losing, packing, going straight to the other end of the earth. <sighs> it's not the way to see the world, I realised. Mm. And I was, I was just mid-heat in Brazil. I just paddled straight in and walked off and quit that day. And I remember <laughs> <like, laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Some, just, some guys just quit surfing like that. Like that's exactly what Oki did the first time he quit pro surfing. Yeah. It was just, a, you know, in a CT, I might have even been late into the draw, like a semi or something, in dead flat Huntington Beach. Yeah. And he just paddled in and went, that's it, I'm done. That's Finished. so sick. Yeah. That's classy. There was a period in my life when I was like working out that I'm happy when I do things that make me happy. And I got over that shit and I wanted to go surf and see the world and properly live the experience of travel and surfing. Mm. And live yeah. on! Let the man live! <laughs> yeah, let me live. And I didn't want to beat live anyone. Live your life! I, know, I, don't, I didn't want to beat anyone. I didn't think I was better than anyone. I just like didn't have it in me. Mm. So I quit. Just on um, that past the point, QS. Um, yeah, that thing was so <laughs> well, scorched. I, I'm pretty sure that uh, Wiggly Dante's got all your waves and everyone else's waves <laughs> on the whole QS. <laughs> yeah. Well played, just Wiggly. motoring up the inside and just out-frothing everyone, just flying directly at their heads as mm. they tried to paddle and no one pulled him up on it. It was unbelievable. Yeah. The positive from that was having a – Sheesh and watching like Dustin Barker do these huge backside straighties. I, I, I remember that. Mm. That was the that was worth it for the <laughs> worthy memory. Why yeah, not? yeah, yeah. It's, it's a pretty good a waste of time. It's a pretty good yeah. spot too. Just having a couple of beers. I mean, I know it's expensive, but sitting on that that point there, it's breaking. You could literally throw a tennis ball and hit someone in the head on a wave. It's oh, I'd <laughs> love to go there that without three hundred piranhas. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. Amigos, now back in the cashed out mid noughties if you won or performed well in the junior series, the fruit of your labour would be magazine covers, energy drink sponsors, and even a surfing life-funded trip to Mexico with the top five seeds with their young budding film intern, Kai Neville. Wow, so they're sending 
16, 17 year old kids to Mexico chaperoned by Kai Neville? Are you kidding? What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, so the tw- 20 minute Sandbottom masterpiece had uh, an amazing cast. Uh, we've got uh, West Oz BCF ambassador Rye Craig. We've got Old Bar's most predictable Ben Dunn. <laughs> We've got a pre shapeshifty era Yaden Nicole and Tasmania's most toey Dion Ages, and none other than Moffat Beach Mafia's Kingpin Wade Goodall. Uh, wow, it's, it's a cover sick trip. It's wow. a cover mount DVD for the ages. A bunch of Australia's most promising graduating class in Puerto Escondido in shin skimming trunks and clearest silver before picture mugs. It's uh, <laughs> some really raucous interviews, but Wade holds his own and then some with some tapped aerial make rates and uh, a staunch performance on a 6'6 Sparrow pintail, no grip out at Solid Puerto. <laughs> Run us through that trip. Oh, that, yeah, that, those were so fun, those trips. Um, that trip especially was so raucous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just how we got to do that was um, special and it was fun. But anyway, it's like you go to uh, Puerto Escondido and you think like giant beachy pits and it was the exact opposite. It was just like little ramps and then a little left point and stuff. It's kind of perfect for us at that point. But we um, partied heaps. It was really fun to party there. Talk us through the party scene over there. What does it look like? Um, we just kind of hung to the beachfront because it was kind of scary. Hadn't been to Mexico before and uh, you hear all the stories and stuff. So, Who um, was your chaperone too? Who was? I can't remember if there was one. <laughs> <laughs> just, just 16, 17-year-olds let loose in Mexico. Yeah, How basically. fucking crazy is that? Like if we you were pretty... Tried to... Uh, sorry. No, well, like if you just tried to do that today, it would be like, well, the dads would come and then the surf coaches and then the fucking TMs for everyone. Oh, it's everything that's wrong with surfing, isn't it? <laughs> surf call. Yeah. yeah, it's psycho that it's just the boys. Yeah, it was just different too then. Like we were all hardened travelers at that point. A uh, 16-year-old at that time had been traveling by themselves for a good like 10 years yeah. <laughs> pretty much. It felt like <laughs> I went to – yeah, I went to – Shit by myself when I was Walked so out the young. gates of Moffat Beach Primary yeah. School and never looked back. Had his rucksack on his shoulder and yeah. his board bag under his arm. And unless you had a turbo dad, you were just out there with your mates and everyone looked after each mm. other and stuff. So that's what we did there. I remember one night, it was pretty funny. There was kind of this, there was this bar that was like a library on the beach and um, typical just sh- uh, party scene. Uh, some guy challenged me to a cigarette trick smoking contest (laughs) (laughs) obliged because i'm from caloundra Um, (laughs) and uh it it went off it was really good competition um i think he won but uh we both got kicked out what was his uh what was his trick in the in the japs eye that's a classic (laughs) i actually saw that at ain't that swell live in bondi yeah (laughs) mental oh that was uh blake moe (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the spit the winkler, the, the swelling. What really impressed me wasn't that he could fit the cigarette in his eye, that that he could actually smoke out of it. Mm. That yeah, that's crazy, unbelievable. His lungs and his nuts or something. That's <laughs> man of many talents. That Shout out to Scum Valley's finest himself. Well played. But yeah, I remember the big thing about that night was getting kicked out and Crakey taking me under his wing, and I kind of like really respected Crakey. He was a bit older and did some amazing stuff. You know, he's an insane surfer and funny old funny dude. So he's like, oh, I'll sort you out, waito. And we, he took me back to his hotel room, put on the Disturbed CD, <laughs> cranked it and shaved my head 
And he's like, let's go back to that bar. And he got me back no. in. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Who needs electri- <laughs> electroconvulsive therapy yeah. when you've got Roy Craig in your corner? Or <laughs> <Those> chaperones. <laughs> yeah. But that Forget was the own. ice baths. Forget the Wim Hof's Vaughn. It was written on the wall for Roy Craig. He won an air show when he was... 15? Mm. 16. Well, Quicksilver did the air show series. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. this in your notes or uh, can I play this one out? No, no, no. Go so Quicksilver it. in Australia, uh, around about right on the turn of the millennium, we're just going, you know what? Fucking we're sick of waiting around for, uh, you know, airs to come to competition. Let's take mm. the competition to the air guys. Created a tour and it was just, I mean, if you thought that the QS was, oh. you know, a house of degeneracy and just absolute loony behaviour, Imagine getting Dave Nielsen, James Caddo. Randy the Goose Welsh. <laughs> Randy the Goose Welsh. Uh, it was True just Adler. this travelling circus of absolute maniacs. And um, we went over to Coslo and Ry Craig won. He won this yeah. uh, event in almost non-breaking waves. And, uh, yeah, you know, like they just drowned him in Emu Bitter. And uh, I think he stayed drowned for the rest of his life, didn't he? <laughs> I, I know when, whenever you go up to Calbarry, you can still smell it on him. Oh, mate, it was sick. But that was, uh, that was a pretty magic era. You got to surf in a few of those too, didn't you, mate? Yeah, the air show was, a, is, was the best time of my surfing, I feel like. Mm. So I was on the junior series, oh, maybe not even yet, maybe early stages. And the air shows started popping off and it looked so mental. And I was obsessed with jumps when I was little because that's all you can do in Caloundra is just mini ramps. Um, but I remember hitting up Billabong. I was like, oh, I want to go on these air shows. And they're like, no, you have to go in the junior series. And I was like, well, can't I do both? And they're like, yeah, if you want, but we're not helping you. I was like, okay, cool. And I just uh, flew to Pihau. Mm. I flew to the – my first one was New Zealand. Flew to the airport by myself and just sat there the day before the comp and just waited for someone to walk out of the <laughs> arrivals that I knew was in the comp. Yeah. And I, sat, I did like a good day and then uh, Jared Sunderland walked out and he gave me a lift to uh, to the uh, campsite where he was camping and he's like, oh, have you got any food, Wade? And I was like, oh, fuck, no, I don't have food any either. Um, he's like, okay, we'll go to you. And it was just me and him in the tent the first night and um, we just ate mushies and drank uh, – Something warming. <laughs> good his idea. Yeah, good his idea of food. Here you go, mate. This will sort you out. Handful of gold tops straight but from the PR like, headland. And then the next... From behind Neil Finn's place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was the kind of situation it was and it was like really funny and really fun and... Uh, yeah, the next day I went to the comp, met Dave Nielsen and just travelled with him from then on. Oh, and what was but that like? Uh, <laughs> the a true greatest. guru, a true oracle Dave Nielsen. Yeah. There was no the aerial surfing in this country before Dave Nielsen. He, no. he was the guy. He brought yeah, it. Such a lord. Yeah, he is the one. He, Dave is the most iconic and underappreciated surfer in Australian history, I reckon. What's he doing for a quid these days, Davo? Is he, is he on the hammer and sickle somewhere, wouldn't he? He's creating, I think, for a bit. No, but, uh, the last touch he was barrel. up in Noosa for a bit I, That reminds me I've got to t- reach out But I, I saw him uh, Last time I saw him I think I was telling you this story Just a couple of apps ago Smithy We'd organised a teams challenge Up at Newcastle It was an industry teams challenge event He was in our team We sort of had a, a group meeting The night before the comp And uh, we were like Alright uh, See you down there These are the, the order of the surfers Blah 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 Went to bed And then I woke up Like you know at Sparrows the next morning, walked out on the veranda of the pub and there's Dave 
with a t-shirt on but no pants just swinging his pants over his head like a lasso <laughs> on the median strip outside the pub it's like five in the morning yeah. no sleep absolutely he's so legend. fucking cheeky he's a true <laughs> punk but he's also hell nice too which i think that was like a bit of a schooling mm. it's like he's so such funny. a nice guy so yeah. funny but like he's so nice but at the same time like he had nick wallace in one heat in perth or whatever and he made me draw an upside down cross on his back so when he went out to he, he went to check in next to nick and being a christian didn't go down too well, well played but, but just that kind of shit i was like why did you do that he's like i don't know i just had to oh, he taught me how to fight he's like you just bash yourself before they do oh, just like that's where that lineage of self so comes strange. from Aussie Rider of course so yeah, well, that's it yeah Oz, he Oz taught Aussie too under, under yeah. Dave's uh, wing definitely that's where he, he <laughs> the first time he ever saw an aerial was on a surf trip for uh, tracks I think with Dave and that's that's steered him and uh, it's interesting to hear that you were also uh, you know basically tutored mentored by him because he is just one of those characters mate there's no there's no one like him no nah. No. Well, uh, I'm stoked to pay tribute to him here. Up the Davey! Yeah, Number three. Passion pop. When you're a grom, you've already got cutties and floaters down. Try some airs, boys. That was the profound call to action of Wade Goodall's magnum opus, Passion Pop. You heard the man! <laughs> P-Pop was a full-tilt reckoning of all things good in surfing in 2006. A stacked field of loose units suckling at the ample teat of a pre-GFC surf industry, whacking it to an unashamed Australian hip-hop soundtrack. <laughs> Wade was... Unashamed Australian hip-hop track those words do not exist in the same sentence together born wade was fucking peaking bringing tech airs into competitions and unique unique lines into free surfing a litany of core icons were in the cast a memorable memorable moments from fellow billabong stable mates include sean cancel surfing backdoor at night taj acid dropping out of a helicopter in a basketball jersey and uh, Luke Dawes and Woodstock in a go for <laughs> hell for leather piss fueled dancerthon. Tribal elders Margot and AI both with some iconic mature age rail game, and Oki coining his iconic phrase "one board one wax job." Passion Pop was the quintessential scratch disc in every worthy Grom's DVD wallet, and as timeless as Diamante bedazzled DC skate shoes and hilltop hoods. <laughs> <laughs> Wade, tell us a bit about making Passion Pop and the trick itself. <laughs> um, that was just a, that incredible. Was a, yeah, that was really good. Um, I mean, that time in surfing was fucked up. We had it so easy and it was a lot of fun um, around that. I, I don't know why they decided to pick a piddly little shove it that I did to launch that whole scenario. <laughs> but they did it's marketing 101 um but yeah somehow that all came together and it was i don't know it was that i i'm super embarrassed about the um the intros that i did with that fucking strook white flat rim <laughs> 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 oh, i reckon man. it's so iconic it's hard like... for a kid to come out of calandre <laughs> in the 2000s <laughs> Mate, it was a tough era for youth, really. Youth fashion was, uh, it was an yeah. ugly period, yeah. mm, as we can see on show. Mm. <laughs> but that was so fun, that project. That, that was my first like humongous surf video to be in. So, um, 
the, yeah. the fact that they went so turbo and it was really fun. They named it after a bottle of cheap piss that we all <laughs> yeah. got rampant on every weekend when we were little. Oh. Like, we didn't have any money. We Right, a passage in this country. Was, yeah. yeah. You got $3.50, you got a night. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's where it came from. Uh, Dean Brady named it. I didn't want to name it. Um, got forced to name it <laughs> by the corporate. Impression. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think Dean Brady named it Passion Pop. That, that's what you say in the film. Yeah. yeah um, I think he says, You drink a shitload of Passion Pop, why don't you just call it that? And then you go, Yeah. It's just emanating coolness. Yeah, it's Re- <laughs> reflecting on this is just takes me back to just how much you'd analyze the videos back in the day. You know, like it, it's. That's what is I'm hoping happens with Pentecostal because it's uh it it was just such a fucking huge deal to any new video coming out even though that was yeah. they were starting to swamp by then they were coming out a lot more regularly but yeah. they still meant the world man like you can speak to anyone who's a grommet uh, underneath you and and they'll they'll talk about how yeah, influential yeah. that movie was to them yeah and I appreciate that and it makes me um, stoked that people took that away from it but. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. still cooked. Bring back the <laughs> sacred texts, Vaughn. You know what I mean? I mean, we've entered this kind of tidbit, uh, you know, web edit it's, era. It's it's all a bit, it's a bit of a galaxy of bits and bobs, yeah. isn't it? I mean, mm. that's what Pentecostal breaks the mould there. But, you know, I actually just recently found my whole stack of DVDs and VHSs uh, and it was, you know, it's kind of cool to have it all there. And, and there are iconic films that still stand up today and you can put those films on, weirdly, and... Um, they're still incredible. Oh man, the surfing still stands up. Uh, Big time. Almost prefer it. Yeah, yeah. the well, cast Andy's is mental too. Yeah, Andy's section oh, is. I, I rewatched it last night. Obviously, Andy and Margot have some fucking insane things. Aki's only got a few waves, but they're fucking ballistic. Luke does his Luke section does is so fucking tapped. Mm. Sean yeah. Cancel, amazing. Vass mm. has got a section in there. A couple of waves. They're mental. Vass surfs insane. Six yeah, um, but yeah, uh, what was I gonna say? When cutting that movie, Jake uh, had that Andy section in two songs by J.J. Kale, and it was the best double song section I've ever seen. Mm. It was incredible, and uh, Andy didn't want it. He wanted a we wanted That's the amp section, so he got Mickey Avalon, yeah, or whatever. But um, oh, but I just remember <laughs> when it came out, and it was Mickey Avalon when it came on. I was just like, because I'd seen that one, and it, and it was like. Uh, just an ode to Morning of the Earth or something like, like eternally good surfer to really good music, mm. and it, that was it was gonna be maybe one of the best sections, but it never came out. Does it still exist on Donlan's uh, on Donlan's hard I don't drive? Know. I'll, I'll ask him. Come on, man! It was insane. Him. Big Let's shout out! Big shout out to Jake. Straight on yeah. YouTube, yeah. mate. The original uh, collaborator for you. What a what a powerhouse you two were for uh, a long period of time there. Yeah, we had a good stint. He's a um, uh, really talented dude, good friend. Fucking, uh, he's he's a rat. He's he's everything good. <laughs> he's come sunny coast to wanting, uh, come good. Uh, still up there doing the same shit, making stuff for the community. That's what he did for us when we grew up. That's how we started filming and stuff. Mm. Mental he community g- man, couldn't you? Yeah, he is. He's a legend. You done, lad? Shout out, Donald. Number two. Tropical Punch, Wade heads to the Pacific alongside the most stacked team in Billabong history, a team so significant, 
so profound, so earth-shattering, they created a polar vortex. Meteorologists say it brought a snowstorm to Tahiti and began the melting of the permafrost in Arctic Siberia. We're talking the late great AI here, Joel Schnorkos Parkinson, Taj Mahal Burrow, and of course, our boy, Wado. But uh, the trip was the beginning of a budding love affair Wade would develop with the Pacific over the years. First Tahiti and later Bizarro Tahiti, better known as Pompeii. Uh, yeah, what is it that has drawn you to the Pacific over the years, Wade? Um, well, the waves just speak for themselves. It's the, be- it's the most insane waves I've ever seen. And coming from tiny beaches and piddly reefs, like that's you see it over surf history, people coming from Florida and shit like that. Like we're chasing that stuff we see on the movies that we don't get mm. to experience, and that's I'm what not. that's what, well, it's, <laughs> everyone's different. <laughs> but um, uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, just talk to us. Talk to us about Pacific energy. Now like I want to take him to Tahiti. There's a whole. It's a whole different ballgame. We're talking scooped out, tripped out orbs of ocean breaking over two, three foot of water like chopes. Yeah. I mean, especially in those days, like that's kind of early era chopes. Yeah. Um, yeah, talk to us about that wave and how much fucking mind melter it was to rock up there as, I don't know, you probably in your early 20s. Yeah, it was mind-blowing. It was, I was so lucky to get in the trials every year to do that and spent so much time there. My surfing out there was a bit more of a slow progression than, say, like Dylan and Laurie that I'd go with every year. Even um, So there'd be years early on where they'd be towing already and I was still watching kind of thing. Because it was fucking scary and they have they are, in my opinion, the best big wave riders in the world. So I just kind of like watched them for a few years extra before I got into it. Um, but I don't know. It's just something about it. Like once you around those waves, you want to get one. Everyone's different, but like I just wanted to get one and then eventually went into um, Dylan not being Laurie's tow partner anymore. And for one year I did it and it was just like the craziest, funnest year I've ever done because <laughs> I like don't even know how to ride a jet ski. And, and What a place to learn. Yeah, eh? yeah. I, I learned <laughs> at Chippies. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like I towed him into that cover he got, um, that surfing life, mm. I think. Oh, that thing's fucked yeah. up. Whipped yeah, him bro. into that and um, kind of learned how to tow big waves there and then Tahiti was on another level because you had to like drop him off and – go through the reef and stuff and stay in the wash, keep the jet ski going because it um, cavitates and it's giant waves behind you and stuff. And then there was also like really pretty hot competition out there because it was like um, a lot of bravado and shit on the skis and just remember one, like we had, we actually had like wide brim cowboy hats on just for sun protection really. But it's <laughs> 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 and everyone was like snaking each other and shit and we were just like towing out open ocean swells and doing flips off the back and stuff and it was just like we just took such a light-hearted approach to our big wave tow partnership that it was just heaps fun but then it would get serious because i'd be like i'd be towing laurie who in my opinion is the best big wave surfer in the world in big barrels um and i'm i've got the responsibility of getting him into a wave and there's like a couple different skis like trying to cut us off. Mm. That happens like in that, like people feel entitled even though it's not their turn and stuff. And just remember like you looking back at Laurie like, what the fuck do I do? And he's like, don't you ever let those motherfuckers get my way. <laughs> <laughs> and just like go and just hold your own, try and cut their ski off. And 
Oh, that shit was just wow. like, I, I, we towed for three days and then I just remember like past, like almost passing out on the third day on the ski, just like I haven't been scared or like focusing so much for three days of my life and I just like crashed and I was like, yeah, I was in a Man, hole, hole after that. That's the first time I've ever heard of what is inside Laurie bubbling to the surface. You know, like what it takes and, and what you need to have to surf those waves as well as he does. Yeah. You need to have that bit of mongrel in you uh, that, you know, you don't see it in him in his day-to-day life. Like you just don't ever see that side of him where he's like screaming and, and just got gone into beast mode. Yeah, but it takes a situation like that for him to get in that. Like he's an absolute psycho and he's a hardened man and he's from like – the tough upbringing, you know, mm. like his brothers are gnarly. Yeah. Uh, in no way are they pussies, that's for sure. But he's the coolest dude ever. Yeah, the most so humble cool. dude ever. But he won't take no shit and he stands up for what he deserves and that's that's perfect. And what about the late great Andy Irons? He was on that trip too and he was a part of that same era that era that you were at Billabong. I mean, um, what was it like seeing him plying his trade inside gargantuan pacific orbs yeah it's pretty uh humbling yeah just (laughs) surreal really um yeah that that swell that him and bruce were falling out of stuff paddling was uh i've never never actually seen anything like that since i don't think just the sheer mind-blowingness of what they were doing um dorian was another one out there that was really incredible to watch Ian Walsh as well. Manoa was in those days was the man. Mm. I, I mean, Raymond is the man too, but Manoa Drolet was mm. just silk. And I think that's what I fell in love with too was his, he was silk on this, a wave that could like pull every limb off your body. Mm. And I was like, I didn't know people could do that. Wow. Like, we've seen it in prior where it's kind of just like, you just kind of squat and then do that layback or whatever and make it, you know? But then like, Manoa came through and then I reckon Loz through Manoa kind of worked out the silk in big waves and stuff. So I think that's a fucked up way to surf. If you can surf those waves smooth with style is um, perfection. Talk to us about how ocean behaves like at a place like Chopes. Like it's unlike anywhere else. Just how you have to commit to putting yourself under the ledge there and the weightlessness on the drop. Fuck, the whole thing looks... Fucking terrifying. Yeah, it gets fully uh, proper beyond like uh, those waves I've towed into. Like uh, I'm talking about it like I'm a tow guy. I'm not. I did a year on it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, well, even the paddle ones. my experience, like, ones it, it, yeah, even the paddle stuff, like it, it's just like a beyond vert situation and it's um, – What it are you looking at? Up. What are you looking at? You must be just looking at fucking bone dry. You're looking coal. at like an underground bowl <laughs> kind of on the big ones, on the ones I towed, it was like – Picture a curved wall like that, like around like a burr, like a giant burr mm. with a tunnel and then out the top of it around the corner, you can see the mountains. Dude. That's what it looks like <laughs> at the start. Um, <laughs> that's in the toe ones. And then uh, and I was like shoulder hopping. <laughs> so imagine what those guys are seeing. But like, and then paddling it, like when paddling the, it is when just, those big ones they stand up, they don't move, right? It's like a fucking stationary yeah. wave. You just it, there's no kind of sets approaching. There's just suddenly the fucking plug hole gets pulled, and it's <laughs> yeah. It's just a matter of like committing and paddling fucking crazy hard, whilst um, the ocean's just 
sucking out beneath yeah. you, but you're not moving. Like, yeah. Fuck, it's so odd. Yeah, but it is so perfect that um, it's doable, you know? Uh, except if it, you get a real West Bowl, you get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hit a West Bowl once, like tried to pull out backside. You know how it is, pull out backside. I tried to penetrate and just went straight up to the lip. It was in the comp actually. And I uh, went over the falls, hit my head like instantly. I've, I've never like hit the bottom that quick. And it was just this big tink. And I just remember just being real dizzy. And then I, yeah, I cut all, um, there was like blood spitting out of my head. Like. Oh, staples and yeah, the whole world. But I was really great lucky. horror film born. Insanely lucky. Oh. The, the um, heavy thing about you any hit the cut, bottom quick. It, if you're uh, going to hit it there. Like the, the the journey with a cut, no matter, even at a, you know, a big day on the inside West Bowl, it's only just beginning because fuck the staff over there is outrageous. Yeah. If you have any open wound, man, you get these little flies, they're just straight onto you and you, I had blood poisoning over there from like a tiny little nick mm. in, um, in my foot. It just went so septic. Sure, it wasn't all that heroin you were mainlining, though, Vaughn? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, what's what, Papayete? Is that the, the capital city? Is that the pickup spot? Yeah. Shithole. Holy it? moly. It's fucking hell. That's like, it's like Cool and Gatta 1984. It's really dark and dirty, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, Nail in China. Staying yeah. out the end of the road is the goal. <laughs> you don't really want to <laughs> go in there too much. We had so much fun there with Dill, especially. Um, just getting little matchboxes full of weed and yeah, riding around on jet nuts. skis. And yeah, just like I remember like towing onshore, like eight to ten foot chopes. And we just like would get ripped and then just tow at the wave. And it's really fun. It's like a if you hit it before it breaks, it's like a giant like a snowboard kicker. Mm. And you could do all flips and stuff and then. That's when we started getting into like the strap flip shit <laughs> and Dylan and that would make these toe boards that were like for strap like Yep. I've, I've heard Kyle Lenny mention both of you guys as like two of his all time heroes. But yeah, it's just always fun shit going on over there. You're in paradise. And someone gave you a jet ski. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, at the end How of the road is fun? so beautiful, isn't it? Like that's that's like that Papiete is, and the end of the road could not be. It's heaven and hell. It's Hieronymus Bosch. <laughs> that's what it is. It's a trip ditch, dip ditch of uh, heaven and hell. It is unbelievable over there. And I stay with the Mayoni family over there, um, and they absolutely like beautiful old couple, mummy and papa. And they like we didn't speak English. They didn't speak English. We didn't speak mm. French or Tahitian. Yes. And we've had this relationship over many, many years of non-verbal, mm. and it's a really special thing. Fuck, you must be good at charades, Wade. <laughs> it's just it. It's cool when you can simplify. It. Like, uh, also kind of think about it now. It's kind of lazy on my part for sure, not learning any of the language. Oh, wow, wow. But like our relationship managed, and it was um, it was like yeah, unspoken word is like. Uh, I think I like. <laughs> Can I just sure. share with you my experience of surfing chopes? Because yeah. it was uh, it's pretty embarrassing. I uh, was surfing it at, at three foot, and um, I'd borrowed like a, a six ten off Sam Carrier, <laughs> like big wave board, because yeah. he was like, "Yeah, you'll need fucking this." Love Sam Got Carrier. out there, and it was just you know fucking minuscule, still bending around the corner a little bit. But yeah. um, I ended up getting into one, and uh, had that thing where. You know when you don't wax up and your your back foot slips off, oh, so you're yeah. sort of sitting down. And I, I ended up just getting completely punished, 
lagooned on a three-foot day, which is pretty humiliating. Yeah. And then uh, I was walking over the reef and Shay Lopez goes to me, was that you? Was that you on that last one? I was like, yeah, man. He goes, that was the worst backside tube riding I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> You're on a 6'10". Like, How are you getting in the tube? You must have been on the tail pad board. Fucking hell. I was like, jeez. Never, ever ran a photo of Shay Lopez in waves ever again. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> only joking. I love you, Shay. Only joking. I wasn't that, I wasn't like, I wasn't that guy. How good Sam Carrier. Yeah, oh, the man. Oh, hey, he'd be yeah. listening. Sam Oss. Yeah, mate. Coot alone to God. Up your mate. Up all the French crew who listen to this, the uh, the podcast. Big Swillian crew Allez, over there. Lay in, uh, Allez, lay yeah, it's where a force Medieu. Remember that? Medieu? Medieu. As in Medieu de Padieu? Yeah. De Padieu. <laughs> Big shout out to the Frenchies and the expats. Yeah. Joan Derue, Sam Carrier, and of course, France's finest, Gerard de Padieu. Number one. Creative, uh, creative destruction. Yes. Fresh back from back to back. Broken legs. Legs. Pfft. Who needs them, right, Wado? Wado strikes out and launches his own project with former sponsor Billabong as benefactor. My memories of creative destruction are of brooding. Black clad backside era verses of modern Australian surfing distilled to its corest essence. That is to say, crumbly wedgie beach breaks, clinical power surfing mixed with mind boggling power punts, and like all good Australian films of the time, a solid helping from Laurie fucking Towner. <laughs> what are your memories of, uh, of that project? Wait Way ahead of its time. Yeah, like, looking crazy. back on it, I guess yeah. it was. Um, like, like that was when blogs were kind of popping off at the start. It was actually all Jake's idea, Donlin, because um, anyone that knows me knows I'm, uh, I'm not a talk show host. I'm rubbish at that. <laughs> doing all right, mate. <laughs> yeah. You're doing good. So hard on so yourself. Like, yeah, I know, but not a natural talent at that situation. So well, you know Oscar Wilde, but you're having a crack, mate. Yeah. That's what's important. Isn't anyway. it born? Having a crack. Have a crack. Have a fucking crack. But anyway, that was um, super fun, and it was um, it was nice to start doing stuff that wasn't self-absorbed. So the whole thing was uh, there was a bunch of stuff that were just surf trips, but there was also a bunch of actually themed and missions that we wanted to do. Whether it's uh, go to the orphanage in Michigan, Mexico, and shed light on that situation and how surfing is helping them uh, through that episode, they were end- able to. Uh, they ended up getting some massive donations. Wow. So Sick. through that and then like, of course, the whole Metallica thing was really cool. And, um, yeah, what was the go there? I vaguely remember that. Well, you're meeting, uh, meeting the boys? Yeah, so just being a metalhead forever, I just really liked uh, the chance to meet them. And it was really cool. Like um, Rob and Kirk were super into surfing. Yeah, and we, Rob Trujillo, man. I've got this classic photo of yeah. him in a Bondi board rider's vest down there at Elton's <laughs> Surf Shop on Campbell Parade. Full <laughs> yeah. old school wax head. So we're in Costa Rica, like, surfing with those guys and getting boat out to Witch's Rock with those guys and surfing and stuff. And um, went to... Uh, it was just all through Billabong's hookup, you know, with the collab and stuff. But... um. They were really, really nice, and the other two were not so nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's not surprising. <laughs> yeah, J- James didn't want to really bar of us, and Lars is like, yeah, he's, he's just fucking like choking that hard. What was he actually his... doing? Like, give us a give us an insight into the dynamics of that. I only saw Lars band. from a distance, um, and didn't look like he was doing much good shit. 
Uh, he's famously good to... at gargling his own balls, though. I've, yeah, I've, I know <laughs> he might have been doing that. He was kind of hunched over. I have no idea what he's up to, but like, fuck. <laughs> he doesn't have hunched to. over. <laughs> yeah. Saw him from a distance. Yeah, sounds uh, Todd, pretty fitting. And he's James doing the Todd really... Carney, wasn't he? Just yeah, <laughs> all the golem. <laughs> Hetfield didn't really give us much, but like, I don't fucking expect much from them, so no. it's fine. You don't like, need it, mate. Who cares? And and who are you helping out at Burning Man? Just the most fried fucking reptiles. Yeah, I've ever seen. that was a funny one. That was actually suggested uh, by Billabong. Someone at Billabong. Like you should go to Burning Man. Fuck man, like, why aren't okay, sponsors fine. doing that now, Smithy? <laughs> yeah. you know, Where's yeah. the team manager for fucking? Yeah, I don't know. Bob, Colt is that still Bob Curley, maybe? <laughs> Chloe, you know what you need? Go <laughs> down to the Nevada desert. Get on the googs. <laughs> but how, how fucked up an idea is that? Hey, like here, let's pay for these guys to go get, get off their heads in the desert, oh. and. Uh, you're not allowed to film there, so it probably will get taken down. <laughs> it's like, That's so that good. is outrageous. What was going on there? What's going on the ground at Burning Man circa, what was that, 2009, 10, 11? Um, I don't know. I think what are your was, memories from I think it? it was Do you have the, any? I think it was the beginning of it not really being what it was. Um, like right now it's cooked. I don't think, I think it's a shell of its former self apparently. Yeah, Kanye West is glamping in like towing McMansions. Yeah, yeah, doing like religious sermons and shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit <laughs> much. But it was just funny, like just. You got it in its, at its prime, I think. Yeah, it was really fun. I mean, Luke Stedman told me he, he ran into a woman once uh, coming back from this kind of TP10 and she looked all euphoric and he's like, where have you been, darling? And she said, I've just had like 14 orgasms. There was apparently a, a cunnilingus tent where uh, <laughs> I think, what was it? Women all sit down in it, on chairs and they're kind of blindfolded or something and men slowly rotate like oh uh, some kind of carousel of fish eating. Uh, Ikan Bacata. Whoa! Yeah, it's just, it's it's surreal. Tap into any of that surreal. way? Yeah, I did actually. <laughs> <laughs> One night was huge. We um swapped some wetsuits for some other things and rode our pushies <laughs> into the desert because we saw all these flames going off, and then it ended up being three massive trucks. Um, and the whole whole deal out there is like they treat if you're new, they treat you like shit and make you get in the dirt a lot. So Hazy. some guy was like, "Yeah, first time is like get in the fucking dirt." cover yourselves like and then we did it it was like okay and then it was just three massive trucks one was a giant grand piano and each pipe an organ and each pipe when he played a key would shoot flames out wow the other one was just this big thing that would build up like a hooping sound and then just shoot a giant ball and then the other one was I can't remember but it was just like three trucks shooting fire at each other <laughs> and he's like, oh, you never seen a fucking propane pissing contest before? <laughs> like, this is too much. And then we, um, and then there's all sorts of just illusionary stuff out there, which I love the art side of it. Like I've always looked at, had books of uh, the installations and stuff. So that's one massive thing I wanted to check out. And you can never trust anything out there. Um, and the moon was uh, suspiciously low for that time of night. So we assumed it was fake. And rode towards it for an extended period of time. <laughs> <laughs> so this was after swapping the wetsuits for those things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah rock melon. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, fuck, I just remembered like the sound of like five bikes skid, and then someone just like fuck, real moon. <laughs> <laughs> and we turned around, and then like uh, went back, went to this other hut, walked in, and I was the only one in there, and then. There was these two twins in there, dude twins. 
And I remember they were standing opposite sides of this uh, giant uh, wooden teepee. And they were just staring at each other and I was kind of wigging. And then they just sprinted at each other at crazy fast, stopped just in time and then just started making out. And I just ran out of there and we just, it was just um, really intense. Mm, <laughs> so it was just forgotten it clearly. I was like, it's just one of those things. Did it happen? Did it not? Like, um, and that shit is out there. People are doing that shit and people, the installations and stuff. It's like, mm. I just like the surrealness of it all. It was really wow. fun. The whole thing sounds like a... But we didn't last very long. We ran out of supplies and stuff. We were real rookies and we were leaving. Right and everyone rock, was really. like, yeah, fuck, um, <laughs> what are you, where are you going? And it's like six days left or something. Like, oh, I've got no more <laughs> stuff. But I like the trade situation out there. It was really cool. Mm. Um, yeah, we just trade for trade and met yeah, heaps of cool people you'd be minted with like a big box of like billabong weddies and fucking yeah we didn't go back with much shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah i don't know that's uh, another well, good one that uh was a sign of the times i reckon how that went through it was well, i'm glad it did uh dane reynolds reportedly bringing back uh, marine layers as we'll find out more about later but um any chance of Creative Destruction getting a, another game, mate? No way. No. What, 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 you know, like now that you've, you know, looking over your career, we can see that there's uh, big creative projects always on the boil or, uh, or, you know, somewhere in the near future for you. Mm. Have you thought about life beyond Pentecostal now? Not really. I mean, I'm thinking and I don't really act until something seems right. Mm. Um, I would never get into something like Creative Destruction again. That was a time and it tried to get extended, but I bowed out because I felt it was unnecessary to keep it going. It did its job and it was really good. And I don't ever want to waste anyone's time or overstay in any realm. So, fuck that. I I would never do anything like that again. Pentecostal took a lot out of me, Mm. like creative-wise and... um, it's time to... I, I don't want to jump into that again right now, but I... Uh, Just turn the dirt, mate. Turn yeah. the soil. Start digging a Let hole. Let it regenerate. That's, Re-till. That's yeah. it. Well, um, I don't know. It's just... And these, these times are hard too. Who knows what's going on? Mm. Like, um, I'm heavily grounded and um, who knows what surfing is going to be in the tail end of this pandemic. So... It's really hard. Um, I'm just enjoying hanging with my family and surfing and yeah, working on the computer on design stuff and that. I've been learning a lot of that. Mental. And um, just, just you just said a word then, heavily grounded. Mm. What, what's the worst thing that you got heavily grounded for as a grommet? <laughs> Have you got one? Uh, we blew up my brother's pulsar in the driveway <laughs> with soda bombs once. That was <laughs> dad wasn't stoked on that. Yeah, pulsars don't grow on word. trees, Wade. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Surf Corps? You ever cop a, uh, a hiding from the folks for uh, um, doing something? Not from my folks, but from my best mate's folks. Um, he'll know when he hears this. But um, they had like a Datsun 120Y, mm. like the family. They had like a whole bunch. It was, you know, a classic rural Australia. There's sort of like eight like composting cars in the backyard and stuff, all of like varying quality. And there was this Datsun 120Y that his older brother branded as like the paddock basher and like, you know, they have a big paddock there and there's all these like uh, iron box and flattered gums in there and we're doing, you know, figure eights around them and all this shit. And then like, I was like 13 or 14, I could barely drive a car. Like I'm like fucking 
doing this, but I'm the one behind the wheel when the folks get home from work. Oh. And they just jump out. And I was just in there and I drive up. And I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? And like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, oh, I was just having a thrash in the paddock basher. They're like, that's not a fucking paddock basher. That's our main car. <laughs> it was like belted radiator. It was just like busted, steam coming out. So wow. fucked. Smithy? Yeah, we weren't really that kind of household, Vaughn. Mm. I mean, uh, I would say to my mother something along the lines of, uh, you know, mum, I'm going to the pub. And she'd be like, well, you know, when are you going to do your homework? And I'll yeah. be like, well, fucking, I'll do it when I get back. And she's like, well, you make sure that dot to dot looks fucking top notch, Smithy. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, it was always a, a, a dialogue between us. And, you know, I think, you know, the proof is in the pudding. She raised a, a top-notch gent. On your mate. Yeah. On your mate. Do you remember the more quarter vision dot-to-dots? Like yeah. those, those the two pages. Yeah, there was one where, like, Josh Kerr was doing a punt out of a chick's ass. Like, it was like if you joined all the dots, what? it was like a naked chick's ass and he's, like, flying out of it. <laughs> it was so iconic. <laughs> Spit the wow. kersey. That's a new one. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, that wraps up uh, This Is Your Life, Goody. Yay! <laughs> and now, for a new segment we like to call Miracle! 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 America! America! Miracle! Fuck yeah! Come in again to save the motherfucking day, yeah! America! Welcome, Todd Prod. Exactly what we sound like. Yeah. <laughs> Editor of Surfer, Surfer Magazine. You're not Surfing Magazine, it's gone, Vaughn. Defunct. Can you believe uh, it? Uh, I can't believe it, but um, I'm glad that there's one print title still beating the drum for print and doing their best to cut down the last <laughs> remaining trees in the Brazilian rainforest. Well done, Todd. <laughs> Thank Todd you, sir. Well, you, you guys got surfing, what, surfing life, surfing world? You guys still have a couple standing, right? So many. So we've actually got more surf mags now than we had in uh, our junior days, Smithy, I think. Mm, there's no underground surf anymore. No. That one bit the dust. That one was so many. And Waves. Waves magazine's gone too, sadly. RIP. Stab doesn't do print anymore either, by the way. Ah. But uh, Todd Prod, you guys do do print magazines over there in the land of stars and bars, and you've actually got your, uh, what is this, the 60th, 50th anniversary edition, volume number DOS, DUA. Tell us about it. You guys cut out there for a second. Did you ask me about the 60th anniversary? Yeah, tell us. <laughs> oh, this is going great. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Tell us about the 60th anniversary edition, volume two. Um, yeah, so yeah, Surfer turned 60 this year, which is pretty fucking nuts. Um, yeah, so basically, like, the idea that we had for the volume was that, like, we wanted to do something that wasn't, like, strictly backward-facing, like, looking at where Surfer has been, but also, like, looking at what's happening now and what's interesting and where it's going. And so, like, one of the things that we're doing is, like, for the covers, we're kind of playing homage to, like, the most iconic covers of Surfer's past but kind of like using like new people and, you know, settings to kind of like just play homage. And, you know, Wade actually was on the first one of these. There he is. Yeah. One of our panelists. What did you make of that, Wade? Yeah, that made me super But that was, that was, was uh, you know, the original was from 1969. It was uh, a John Severson kind of design mock-up of 
um, of a Roger Adams, like off the lip bit at Santa Cruz, which I, I guess was super progressive at the time. But, um, but yeah, you know, we thought they like weighed with, especially with Pentecostal and like how creative and awesome that movie was that he was like kind of the perfect fit for that first issue. Um, and then the second one is a play off of, uh, the classic, like Craig Peterson shot of, uh, Kevin Naughton jumping off the bow in Fiji, which, you know, like this wasn't like the, the issue that we had planned, but with coronavirus and everything going on, we were like, you know, let's do something that's like about the escape that surfing provides like in difficult times. And we're like looking through the archive and thinking like what kind of epitomizes that most. And like, we just kept going back to like non and Peterson's travels and like those early covers in the eighties, like they're just so cool. And I think like nothing really captures that like spirit of like what surf travel is like all about more than what those dudes were doing. And they were just like shoestringing it, you know, just like, you know, working along the way, like doing whatever they can to get it done. And, yeah, just iconic. This, the Surfer Magazine 1984 cover, correct me if I'm wrong, Vaughn, but is this not the one that gave uh, your old man Alfie nightmares for years oh, afterwards, yeah, mate? mate? My old man, he'd, uh, he'd been over there and surfed before the, the crew got there and uh, I think he slept on the island and cut a snake in half and <laughs> slept with the rats and all sorts of stuff. And next thing you know, it's on the cover of Surfer. So uh, well played. I, I won't tell him that you're on the show because he'll probably he'll, he'll pull out his little Todd Prod voodoo doll and start... <laughs> Japanese uh, weed stalks into it. Oh, it's not Todd Prod's fault. <laughs> but what I wanted to – it was cool hearing you say, mate, you know, like the, the thought that goes into uh, the cover, the thought that went into Pentecostal, obviously. Like these are uh, ideas and, um, you know, you, you're building basically uh, – what are you building? You're building like the fantasy, right? And that's what magazines have always done so well. But that fantasy sort of is starting to go missing in this sort of digital era. The challenge for surf mags in Australia, for sure, is getting people to care still about those ideas. Uh, is that the same for you guys? Are you guys sort of, you know, when you became the editor of Surfer, uh, you're taking over something bigger than just a brand. You're taking over this sort of monument to the culture and a lot of pressure comes with that. Do people, do you find now, after, you know, doing it for so long, that people care just as much as they used to about the print title and how it's going? It's, it's tough to say because like some people, like especially with this volume, like the people who are old enough to remember these original issues that we're like playing homage to, it's like they've hit me up and they're like, this is the coolest thing that we've seen in surfing and, and forever or whatever. But, you know, it's like for, I don't know, I'm kind of curious, like I, we haven't gotten as much of that reaction from like younger folks. I think they like do like still appreciate like what a print magazine is and like what it represents, but I mean, it's just tough because you're competing with like literally like an entire universe of Instagram videos and, you know, things that are like, don't get me wrong, like super entertaining, but it's like, there's not a lot of thought like going into that stuff. And, you know, but like, it's the same thing for like Sir Films, like Wade with your movie, you know, that thing like really stood out because it was something that you worked on for years and like put a lot of thought into. And you know, so it's like, I think people do know the difference, but it's just like, yeah, I mean, it is tough. Like there's, you're competing with so much now. It's, it's just insane. Tell us about the features in the upcoming issue. Cause I understand there's some stoinkers in there. There's a, a feature on the newly minted world champ, Idolo Ferreira. What did you learn about Idolo? You know, it, it's interesting. So Ashton Douglas, our managing editor, she wrote the, 
it's basically like like a profile on Italo, but also kind of on the whole Brazilian storm and like how they kind of rose to prominence. And it, it's a really crazy story because I think a lot of people just like assume that, you know, whatever led to the rise of the Brazilian storm is going to keep going and the Brazilians are just going to dominate professional surfing for, you know, like generations to come. But the truth is, is that like, it was like a very specific kind of combination of circumstances that happened when they were kids where, you know, the industry was booming and like, you know, they had managers who could like, you know, put them in con- in contact with the right sponsors who could take them to, you know, like Hawaii every season, J-Bay and like, you know, the ways that they now surf on tour, it's like, you know, they were surfing these waves when they were kids and like cutting their teeth and the surf industry there, just like it is everywhere else. Like it is just like a shadow of its former self. And so, you know, those kids aren't getting the same opportunities that allowed for like the rise of an Italo, which is like pretty crazy to think about because, you know, it's like now it's like the next generation, like Italo is basically like sponsoring kids from his local break himself, you know, he's like paying for them to go to contests and trying to pay that forward. But that's not like a super sustainable, like, you know, way of, of progressing Brazilian surfing. So I don't know. It's like, it was really eye opening cause, cause I totally thought the opposite. I thought that, you know, they, they'd crack this code and that they're just so fiery and competitive that, you know, long would they kind of reign but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case like after this generation. Mm. Well, that's great news, Vaughn. Uh, I guess I we can say, expect yeah. uh, the Brazilian storm to peter out in a measly high pressure system. <laughs> Nothing but drizzle. Uh, I'm interested to know too, I mean, Italo Ferreira's uh, throwing money at sponsoring the local Groms. What about Medina? The guy's got millions of followers. He's uh, dating several supermodels at once. Is he not forking out to sponsor the new generation of Brazilian talent? Sorry, was that a question? <laughs> Let's take that as a comment. <laughs> Moving along. Uh, now, talk to us, John. Talk to us, John, about... Dad, I got to stop you. I'll, I'm going to say something that I, I love you guys' show, and one of my favorite aspects of it that is probably a lot of Americans' favorite aspect is trying to figure out what exactly it is that you are saying, Jed. <laughs> well, they don't call me the punch drunk party for nothing, slang, Todd. Probably. The slang is so fast and loose. Like, I think there was something you said in an episode recently. You are talking about, like, Bleaching your corn or getting your corn bleached? Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> That's what I've learned. What could that possibly mean? <laughs> Explain, Vaughn. Uh, it's basically just uh, dragging your balloon knot so hard in the face <laughs> of a wave that uh, it changes colour. You know, yeah. your sticky date, your date. Your, uh, Surely that makes perfect I sense. I understood every word of that. <laughs> your date, your cornhole, your sphincter. I got it. <laughs> hey, uh, moving on, to, moving on to something more serious, Todd Prod. Um, the George Floyd Black Lives Matter paddle outs that have happened all over America these past few weeks. Uh, we've seen some huge protests in LA and other parts of California. Yeah, what's uh, what's been your experience of protests um, over there in the states and the rebellion in general? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's such a crazy like time unlike any other that I think any of us have lived through over here as I'm sure you guys know but um but yeah you know like like when it first started like and there were these planned paddle outs I don't think anyone really knew what to expect if it was going to be you know a couple dozen surfers or you know a hundred surfers but I went to one of the early ones in Moonlight Beach in Encinitas and 
And it was organized by uh, uh, Sal Masekela and Textured Waves and a couple other groups. And you couldn't find a parking spot for like a mile in any direction. We got, we got down to the beach and there was like probably 5,000 people. It was like just a blanket of, of people covering the whole beach. And, you know, everyone has like signs and people have like painted their boards with like no justice, no peace. And like these, these protest slogans. And, um, yeah, it was like, it was honestly like one of the most powerful, like coolest things I've ever seen in surfing. And, you know, Sal had some words and we did like a little, you know, it was like a eight minute pause for, you know, to kind of remember the time that George Floyd spent like under that officer's knee. And then we all paddled out and, um, yeah, you know, there's like, there's like Groms who are like participating and they're just like, you know, shouting these chants. And so like, I think that what is happening in America is like, it's affecting every single person on such a deep level. Like it's like nothing we've ever seen before really. And, um, yeah, I mean the paddle is just a beautiful thing to see like surfers get involved. You know, it's, it's like not that often that I feel like surfers really take much of a stand for anything, at least over here. But I, you know, it's funny cause I was thinking about you guys, like in terms of the, the fight for the bite and the protest movement over there, that was like the only thing that, you know, that it reminded me of in surfing was, you know, those mass paddle outs in Turkey and elsewhere where, you know, you guys really stuck it to them and sent the Norwegians packing. <laughs> Indeed we did. Yeah. Um, what do you reckon like has uh, inspired surfers to get active in this way? I mean, yeah, like you said, we've, uh, I mean, and it's not like there is a huge amount of black surfers in the lineup. So it's interesting that, yeah, surfers have reacted this way. It's a predominantly Anglo-Saxon sport in America and Australia. I mean, I think like we all saw the video of what happened to George Floyd. And I think that if you're in America, like that, those videos are so common. Like it was right after the death of Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor. And, you know, these are like super high profile national situations that have been captured well you know in the case of Ahmad and George it was captured on on video and it's just I think it's impossible to not have a reaction to it and you know with surfers it's like a paddle out is like kind of our our most comfortable reaction to something like that you know I don't think a lot of surfers are used to taking to the streets and like marching although I've seen a lot of surfers do that too but um you know a paddle out is just like right in our wheelhouse so you know, I think it makes it makes a certain kind of sense. It's like everyone's looking to grapple with this moment in whatever way they can, and and that's the way that surfers have been doing it. Mm. And you mentioned a bit about textured, textured waves. Can you uh, explain what they are? What yeah, a bit about that crew. Yeah, so so it's a group of women um, from kind of all over the country here in the U.S. and. Uh, they're black women and they've, you know, they've surfed for years, but they didn't really see themselves like represented in the media. You know, like the, you know, like what you said, Jed, it's like the typical image that most people picture when they picture surfers is people who actually, who honestly look exactly like me. It's like a, a blonde dude, blue eyes, you know, that's kind of the stereotype. And um, so they, they found each other on social media, just like looking for other people who who had like kind of similar experiences of being like the only, the only black people in the lineup. And, you know, that kind of snowballed into this thing where they started this Instagram account that, that shows like other surfers of color 
in a narrative that's not just like, because the other typical narrative that we see is like the white savior where it's like, you know, some white folks like pushing black kids into waves in some foreign country, which is like awesome and like good on them for sure. But, you know, it doesn't really like represent like the surf experience of, of these women. So, you know, they formed this group and started this Instagram page and they just, uh, you know, released a video called CS Now, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, they were involved in, in that protest and a bunch of other ones. And it's just like a really, a really unique thing in surfing. And I, I think that, uh, it's just like, it's, it's awesome what they're doing. And I think that it's, it's helpful to surfing to like see an example of, of, you know, kind of more diverse, uh, groups of people participating. Fucking earth. Well said, Todd Prod. Mm. Yeah. I, I just, uh, backing that up, you know, like. I always say this about uh, women surfing uh, and any sort of like surfing that's going on out there that in some way doesn't sort of live up to this, not the standard, but you know, the, the world that is controlled by what surfing has become, you know, like which is predominantly uh, a white, pretty privileged uh, sort of space to be in. White boys. But you give uh, people the opportunity to uh, get out in the water, have some fun, and then uh, the rest of the opportunities that come with that, especially even just sort of like showcasing their talents, their enjoyment, all the same things that we all get out of it, well, then that comes uh, – well, it just adds more sort of uh, momentum to what they're doing and uh, they feel more a part of it all. So I think that that's uh, absolutely crucial. Good one, it's, it's, it's kind of like a nice, it's a nice thing because I think as surfers, like so often everyone's trying to like put out the exact opposite vibe, which is like, we don't want anyone else surfing. Like, like no one knew is welcome. <laughs> you know, like you see like surfing sucks. Don't try it. Bumper stickers, like all over California, but it's interesting, you know, like, like I did an interview with them for, for this new, uh, new issue. And it just kind of flips that on its head. You know, you realize that like, so often we're kind of caught up in like the petty little dramas of like us wanting more waves at our local break. And, um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just cool to like look at it from like a different lens and being like, you know, it's, it's rad to like include different people in this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can bring so much enjoyment and catharsis to so many different lives, particularly troubled lives. So, uh, I mean, that's always a good thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Now, uh, shed sessions three is back. Todd prod. Tell us a bit about, Shed Sessions. Did I say Shred Sessions? I meant to say Shed Sessions. Yeah, tell us a bit about that for the uninitiated. It's, it's almost impossible to say without saying Shred, shred Sessions. But, um, but yeah, so I don't know if you guys have seen like any of the first or earlier seasons, but yeah, that's all we, I have. Are, we are very black. Sorry, what was that? I said, yeah, they're mental. I have. <laughs> <laughs> this lag's fucking rooted. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, Bird, you know, Bird Hoffman, he's, he's the man, like we're so lucky that the surfer offices are down here in Southern California and San Diego, like really close to Bird's shed, which is just this like living, it's like a Sistine chapel of surfboards, you know, it's like a living library. (laughs) And um, he's like, he's so rad. Like he, you know, he's been collecting these boards for, for decades and, you know, he lets us come in there and just, pick one off the wall and take a first spin. And, and there's like pieces of the history in there and just the trippiest, like, you know, design ideas that worked design ideas that didn't work, <laughs> but are like dope to check out anyway. And um, yeah, so we've done it like a couple different ways. Like last season we did it based on uh, different surf zones where we'd go to 
like Santa Cruz or San Clemente and try to like bring boards that had history like in those areas back up there to have the local surfers ride. Um, but this one, you know, it's like, we're trying to do kind of like a more minimalist version with like COVID and, and all, you know, everything that's going on here to, to kind of keep it simple and, and socially distant. And so we're just doing like one surfer, one board where they're just going in there and birds just picking out like the trippiest, like weirdest thing for them to get on and taking it for a spin. So the first one is with, uh, with Dylan Graves and he's riding like, it's like, a 70 fin that like has like a full it's like a full deck grip and it's bright purple but he said that the deck grip doesn't actually work he was just like sliding around on it but i mean it's just the trippiest friggin board you've ever seen and um yeah you know, so we're just like pumped to to see a lot more of that yeah mantle series sounds like your board so cool. <laughs> yeah it looks like trigger's board over there actually but yeah, Mendel, fun zone. And the uh, the final bit of news out of America. America! Marine layer looks like it might be on the road back. I mean, uh, yeah, what a crazy thing. Eh? That was like such a groundbreaking piece of web fodder for a lot of people. Wade, I'm sure marine layer left a mark on you, mate. Yeah, we. I loved marine layer. Everything Dane does is good basically <laughs> so the fact that it's bringing out constant content again is just makes everyone happy um so yeah i'm psyched that's back that was just like every everyone waited for them almost he's back it's so cool what about you surfcore is it just a bit too after your time to enjoy Marine feel, a bit no, too digital i remember because when was it? it was like 2008 and stuff so i was still definitely a grom then it was so iconic i remember like he'd like see all your mates and they say like, oh, did you watch the latest Dane clip? Like, what the fuck's up with the music? But like that was fucking – surfing was unbelievable. Some of the boards were a bit sus but, yeah, it was fucking pretty iconic. He's such a powerhouse. I like his taste in music. I think it shows that he's looking. Yeah, tripped out yeah. weird jazzy instrumentals and, uh, yeah, like, uh, all kinds of weird stuff, psychedelic pop. He actually – Reynolds was the guy who put me on to uh, the Velvet Underground – uh, Charles Bukowski and John uh, Fante, or yeah, Fante. I think the writer. He's a he's a cultured lad. Mm. Old Reynolds. What sure, do you you're probably a bigger fan of Dane in like the Young Guns era, right? When he was riding six twos. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> the real skinny Dane. Nah, I'm more of a fan of like XL Dane, like the big like chunk, just like moving water real good. Like, um, yeah, like I've watched all the new clips. It's so insane. Like to see like, because he just looks like any old dad that surfs you know deba like he just looks like <laughs> like a fucking mince pie with legs and fucking belts the <laughs> shit out of it it's so sick it's way more respectable than like looking like an elite athlete and kind of being a bit gangly so yeah i'm back in this era for sure yeah it's like it's like full dad strength or something yeah uh, he, he carries it well i think his style is only getting better actually yeah 100 percent. yeah it, it it's it's pretty like it's funny the timing because it he he rolled this thing out which is reminiscent of like 2010 at a time where everyone probably really misses 2010. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> like before, He's got that. before things like pandemics. 
Yeah, he's always, he's always a cutter. He's, he's like, you know, it's, it's not till you have the benefit of, of hindsight that you realise how ahead of everyone else he is. He's yeah. just got that kind of fucking... There's definitely that, um, you know, the Velvet Underground thing you mentioned, that whole Warholian just do anything and call it art mm. uh, and just not... But there's, there's intelligence behind it. Yeah, there, yeah. There's definitely something going on there. Like, he's not just, you know, fucking making art for the art's sake. Like, there's a lot of creativity and effort going into what he actually makes. Yeah, and what what's the feeling about Dane's career over in the States? You know, uh, he was basically the most talented surfer of his generation and uh, kind of drifted off into obscurity, never really did that well on the world to uh, we see bits and bobs out of him, uh, you know, various bits of web content. But, yeah, how's the feeling over there about how his career ultimately panned out? I mean, at least here in California, I feel like, he's like kind of like the embodiment of like all of like the core California surf values. Like the fact that he didn't like do well on the tour and he left the tour, like definitely makes him more iconic. I think at least in like American surf culture. And because I mean, like it's definitely, you know, like a lifestyle or an art form or whatever first here in a sport distant second, if not third, I don't even know what the second thing was. Yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) But yeah, so I mean, like, I, I would say that, um, you know, it was a bummer when Marine Layer petered out the first time. And now that it's back, it's almost like, I don't know, like Dane seems like the most relevant surfer in the world again, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> I love that. He's, he's just always, you know, it doesn't matter what his career is doing. He's, he's a guy who drops a clip and you want to watch it. Oh, you're true. He just absolutely fucking yeah. cleavers waves in half. I don't yeah. know if anyone has more power just on just a pure, like in a smaller space. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like he doesn't have to wind up or anything. He just comes off the bottom and so deep. And then when he fucking buries it, it's just a mess. He just destroys it. <laughs> fucking amazing, man. What a surfer. Fucking love it. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is that like obviously he surfs incredible but like the the dude actually writes like very well like i don't know if you guys saw what he posted today it's kind of like uh it's you know he kind of shared his thoughts on everything that's going on with the you know the racial justice revolution in america and police brutality but then also kind of like the the role of of social media and like the spread of misinformation and it's funny, I was like, man, I was like, no one else in surfing is really, like, even talking about this. And it's, like, it's not, like, an easy thing to talk about. Like, he clearly had to, like, do some research to even be able to, like, have that conversation. And give us the, know, I just give really us the gist like, talk. There's not, there's not really, like, a lot of people in surfing who are, who are talking about this moment in, in that way. Give us the gist. Was he saying burn it all to the ground or was he saying, uh, you know, stick flowers in the, the rifles of the National Guard? What was his take? <laughs> Something kind of right in the middle. I don't know. You, you should you should give it a read. I don't want to, like, pull anything out of context, but, I mean, it's it's like a pretty – it's a pretty balanced assessment of the fact that, like, obviously there's horrible shit happening in America that needs to change, but then – you know, he can kind of empathize with, I don't know, like people who, who come at it from another another angle. Definitely anti-racism, which is what matters. Mental. <laughs> On your DR. Well, Todd Prod, thanks, mate, for joining us for our inaugural segment of America! America! Welcome. 
Welcome, Swillians, to our semi-new regular column slash topic slash what a segment. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it is time for Ain't That Swells Team of the Week. Ain't That Swells Team of the Week. Team of the Week? Who have this week, Vaughn? This week. The uh, Ain't That Swell Team of the Week, Smivy, is none other than the mighty, the indefatigable, the absolutely world-saving asparagopsises. Oh. The asparagopsises, mate. The asparagopsises. Yeah. I, I know I'm well there. Boys, the asparagopsises. Asparagopsis. Serpents more your game And your golf is too erratic You'd better stick to riding waves They say you'd never make it It seems there was a true It must have been a break When you knew what you could do They said you'd never make it Uh, named after the native Australian seaweed with the potential to actually reverse carbon emissions, uh, this is all about getting rid of the stink. There's too mm. much stink going on, Smivy. Oh, I'm sick of the stink. I mean, the only stink I like to see is in a Fibros versus Silvertails 1975. Oh, yeah, a bit of a Les Boyd stink Love on it. the beat. <laughs> yeah, the whole, the whole planet has just been in a... Perpetual state of stink since 2020 started. So uh, I want to reverse the stink. And uh, my first choice for uh, this uh, team, running it up, straight up the middle, in the forwards. Straight up the guts. Is uh, Sammy Elsom. Now, Sammy Elsom is a designer. Uh, You might be familiar with him, Surfcore. He designed, famously... Kelly Slater and Dane Reynolds and I think Jeremy Flores and uh, maybe even uh, who else was of that era? I'm trying to think. Can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Quickie team, Fred Patasha. Quickie teams, ASP Banquet Tuxedos one year. Uh-huh. It was a random connection, but I'm <laughs> throwing it out there. And uh, <laughs> they looked great, by the way. They fucking looked a million bucks. <laughs> anyway, he uh, fitted them out. He's a tailor. He's a, a wonderful fella. <laughs> but he is going to be farming this uh, asparagopsis seaweed in Tassie. And uh, I caught a podcast with him and, uh, you know, world climate uh, activist and professor, uh, Tim Flannery, which was just Flano? incredibly. Flano, yeah. Flano, as, he, Flano as he's known on Ain't That Swell. Kidding me? And uh, it was amazing. So uh, what we're going to do right now is uh, I'm going to flick over to a little chat with Sammy earlier. Mab. So Sam, you've set up this company called Sea Forest. You're focused on growing the native Australian seaweed asparagopsis that can do two things. One, it can sequester carbon dioxide, but when fed to cows and sheep, it can reduce their methane emissions. Can you explain this and how it happens? 
Sure. Well, the fit, as as Tim said, the seaweed grows through photosynthesis and and absorbs CO two in the process. Um, and the carbon is uh, the seaweed is made up of about forty percent carbon, um, and so forty percent therefore the, of the biomass that we harvest is in fact carbon dioxide that was or carbon that's sequestered. Um, and then when we we dry the seaweed and feed it to cattle um, in amount in a dose of about 0.2 percent of their diet, so very much like a, a small vitamin C tablet in the morning, if you like, um, and that abates up to 99 percent. The, the methane production and that's really significant because methane is obviously makes up around 16 percent of our global anthropogenic greenhouse gas emissions so um and, and it does so by intercepting with uh, vitamin b12 in the final stages of digestion in the rumen and it converts the, that otherwise expelled emissions into energy that the cow or, or sheep uses to grow so it actually, in abating methane, it actually increases productivity, which is the exciting thing about the seaweed is that we have this climate change solution or environmental positive environmental impact, but at the same time, we have increased profitability for farmers. So that's a really exciting element. And Sam, the CSIRO has been trialling feeding this seaweed to cattle, haven't they? What have they found? Yeah, so they've... They're, they kind of stumbled on this by accident, but uh, yeah, James Cook University and Meat and Livestock Australia and the CSIRO, as you mentioned, have, have been researching this seaweed over seven years and they fed over 35 strains of seaweed to cattle to see which was going to be the most potent solution. Um, and yes, asparagopsis was uh, deemed to be that solution and they've uh, done trials on sheep and cattle, beef cattle and dairy cattle, all with really promising results. What you've just heard is part of an interview that screens in full on the Climate Council Facebook page. Chaired by Lisa Upton, features Dr Tim Flannery and Sam Elsom talking about the benefits of asparagopsis. So there you go, boys. Seaweed can save the world. We are getting rid of the stink. We're going to store that fucking carbon in these plants, bury it under the ocean, forget it even happened. Who knew seaweed farming was a, uh, you know, could both save the world and be a prosperous business. I mean, the last I'd seen of it was the uh, the housewives of Sumbawa there collecting it on the beaches and uh, harvesting uh, seaweed, turning it into facial products, sold all around the world uh, for a couple of cents yeah. a day. It was hard, hard yakka, but it Sammy is. Elsom's doing it in tailored suits. Can That's you? right. And you know Tim Flannery. So my, da- cool. my dad does. I've met him once. But, um, yeah, they did like an Indo boat trip, not like a surfing one, like checking out coral reefs and shit. My dad's hell into um, ornithology, like birds and stuff. Mm. So, um, yeah. What's he, his favourite bird? Um, wandering albatross. Oh, wait, wait, man. wait. So your dad went on an Indo Fuck. boat trip to look at birds? <laughs> 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 no, nah, to look at coral and right. to look at, um, look at, I guess, like sea life up there. Well, he's not alone. I've seen a few, uh, you know, South African businessmen and whatnot going on an Indo boat trip to... Get a close-up look at some coral too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, look, uh, huge props to Sammy. What he's doing is huge. And if you want to find out more, we'll uh, whack a link on the Facebook so you can get stuck into the Asparagopsis' team captain and what he's up to. Sammy, who you got? I've got uh, at number two, Caroline Mark. Caroline Marks' backside. Hacky sack. Attack. Have you seen a better backhand than this? Asks Stab Magazine. You had a squeeze at this thing, Vaughn? You seen her? I think I it's uh, it, I looks like, like Trestle's rights. 
We're catching up. Are we going to watch it right now? Let's have a quiz at it. But um, yeah, I, I, f- I feel like uh, it, it's uh, what it's been three episodes since we last talked about Carolyn Marx's backhand. So we're due. <laughs> we're due. <laughs> we're well overdue. Um, I think potential world champ if the tour ever happens ever again. Yeah. No, like, I mean I'm talking like when it when it's back. She's out of control. Her wingspan's pretty out of control in that, though. Like, she does full aeroplane arms into, like, some of the turns. But I reckon it looks sick sometimes. Have you seen where her, her leading arm winds up when she's actually come off the bottom? Like, once as soon as she sort of starts heading vertical, have you seen where her leading arm winds up? It's like... Yeah, behind so her. So far around that she's almost scratching her uh, the <laughs> other shoulder. She winds it, mate. Yeah. What's it, what do you think, uh, Goodsy? What do you think of the uh, she wax it? She's backside so technique. Um, what, how, how do you do good backside reentries? How do you squirt the tail like that? Wow! I haven't ever done one that powerful. She's such a. She's nut. really good. She serves really good. She's got timing. See, watch this. Watch the leading hand. Ready? Look. See how far around it goes. She's yeah. really properly coiling up there. Just absolutely. Dutsing it into the heavens. Are you kidding me? Yeah, the tempo, as you said, Kutsi. Uh, it's up, down. Reminiscent of uh, Owen Wright, the great backside pendulum swinging meat axe. <laughs> Which part of his body is the pendulum? That's what I want to know. Good question. Oh, I think the balls yeah. are underrated as a pendulum. Everyone talks about the dong, but I think, I think it's actually <laughs> all in the figs. I think that's where the, you know, you've got a little bit more give, uh, a little bit more time for the whiplash to happen. Just yeah. saying. Just saying. Now, Stab's asked, have you seen a better backhand? Well, maybe this chick. This is Vaheen Fierro. Mm. Spicy name and a spicy talent from uh, French Polynesia. Uh, As we can see, knifing one backside. I mean, Tahiti's on a fucking roll at the moment. They're just producing so much talent. Uh, Admittedly, it's all of the kind of slab riding variety who uh you know it doesn't necessarily translate well to the wqs and grovely beach breaks of the world nor on the wct necessarily but uh this chick is a protege of michelle Perez, and um yeah just owning it psycho pig dog style yeah i think i saw her surf in the world juniors uh in taiwan was that last year yeah so uh Clearly got game, uh, keeping up with the best of the rest from uh, the rest of the planet. It's just uh, so hard to get a bead or a read on like what the surf world's going to look like. I mean, we're heading to a place of <laughs> yeah. of like just being stuck at home for quite some time. I think uh, Brazil just reported their millionth case of COVID. Fuck. So, I mean, don't, don't quote me on that number. I haven't done any research, but someone told me at dinner the other night. I just believed. By the time this comes out. But, you know, surely. like, I mean, there's there's a second spike in Melbourne as we speak. Uh, it's hard to see a World Tour kicking off. I mean, this year I think is a write-off, mm. 100%. Do you reckon this show will age well, considering we're sitting about 30 centimetres apart and breathing, uh, <laughs> sharing microphones, breathing down each other's neck? Well, we've all been tested, thankfully, Smitty. I never got tested. Well, that's the testing kit right there, isn't it? Ah. <laughs> um, anyway, mate, look, uh, I think uh, Carol Marks backhand, best on tour, best of any female ever. That's my call. Yeah. Backing up. Hard to argue. Yeah, she's really good. Um, Surf call. Was good. Who are you bringing in oh, to yeah. the mighty 
Asparagopsis is it's um, got to be a hell of a song to write. <laughs> yeah, I've got a nomination uh, for the junior division. Uh, Same the way. More of a utility player, 19-year-old charger, uh, Ollie Henry. He's uh, from the West. Uh, he's been kicking down some crim safe security doors in his new clip, uh, Shelf Isolation. Uh, yeah. He's uh, barely glazed a knuckle on the blue light disco dance floor, but he's fucking stuffing the chook out at the box and he's fucking letting go of the rope at the right. He's a fucking lord. He's kind of like a core man's Jack Robo. Instead of, you know, having uh, nutritionists and, you know, sort of worrying about training and stuff, he just packs his jet ski full of fucking fruit roll-ups and uh, chalky milks and gets amongst it. And, um, yeah, instead of betting a fucking... Hawaiian princess, uh, he's chosen to be swiping right on Tinder on 2% battery during a fucking pandemic. So, um, yeah, I'm really backing him. Um, yeah, I mean, he's young, he's toey, he can't wait a rail to save his life, but he makes up for it in his fucking enthusiasm for waves of moral uh, consequences, you guys say. Um, so, yeah, that uh, nine plus from the core, backing him. Yeah, he's got to stay. Yeah, that's huge. Thanks for the uh, the insights there, uh, Goodsy. Who are you bringing into this uh, wonderful um, team of the week? The eight that's well team of the week. Team of the week. Jai Glinderman. Oh, the Glinderman. Uh, he's. Knowing well. Uh, I would nominate him. Uh, he. I've watched that kid surf for a couple of years now. At the point, and uh, he just is natural. He has something that I haven't seen in a young kid in a long time. Um, with his style and stuff. And then that last swell, I saw him surf some bigger waves and stuff, which I hadn't really got the chance to. And some of the waves I saw him knife at uh, and stuff was um, pretty crazy. And it was, I don't know, just cemented that. Yeah. Like what my initial thoughts about when I first saw him catch a wave, I was like, this kid's something special. Mm. And through that swell, I think he's going to do some really cool things. Yeah. We yeah. almost and threw he's got him a good in. head on his shoulder. I think we almost threw him in the pangolins. The oh, very I think first he made ever. the pangolins. Oh, he he back, to back to back starts oh, in the ATS Wow, huge. That fucking latest clip though is so insane. It's great, isn't it? He's literally like my favourite current surfer. Like of all, like watching his style, like it's how I'd want to surf and he's riding kind of longer boards and... Yeah, he's just fucking got real good flow. And that's all you really want. He doesn't really do airs too, which is sick because I don't do airs either. Mm. But I could no, have thought shit. <laughs> Striking a rich vein of surf court era form, Jai Glinderman. Yeah, he yeah. Well played, Jai. Yeah, mate. And a shout out also to um, the the condos. I can't remember what Zach's little brother his name is. Luke? Is it, is it Luke? Yeah. Yeah, Luke and Zach. They, they've been putting in. During yeah. those last run of swells, and uh, also up. when we were talking about Jai and, and that first, um, you know, that first sort of breakthrough performance at Big Cloudies, I think Luke was there too, with him, uh, you know, yeah. packing the big ones. So good to see some local groms. Yeah, Pig can cut in. out a fin system too, really clean. He's nice. He, he does the the fin systems up at the Kettleish Lennox surfboard. Oh yeah, thing. he's fully like up in the glass. Yeah, yeah. glass division. Yeah, oh, yeah. Such puffing a lot. fumes on you. That's uh. The coal furnace of surfing right there. Yeah, one of the last great f- factories, that one. Yeah, mm. it's so sick. Now, uh, speaking of young Tahitian nutters, Vaheen Fierro being the female version, I want to throw it to, yeah, the young Tahitian nutters. Uh, if I want a front row, Vaughan, I want them packing down. I want them to be young Tahitian nutters. Uh, have you seen <laughs> this thing? 
Matahydro Lay Packs at Kaiki Shore Break. Oh, yeah, that clip's fucked. I thought it was pipe, but apparently it's the shorey. Yeah, just keeps keeps on keeping on. That thing keeps on standing up. I mean, you watch one of them days go down at Kaiki. I remember uh, I had a day down there watching, I think it was J-O-B's like soft top comp down there. It fucking blew my mind. I obviously grew up watching... I was, you know, Bigger Wednesday, Snuff, Safari, and these kinds of films, watching Clark Little, B.I., uh, and even the Boogers, like, dropping into triple-stepping Waimea shore break slabs. Uh, and then I guess what they're doing now at uh, Kaiki shore break is that – it's the 2.0 version of that shit. It's, yeah, it's fucking fun. lunacy. Mm. I mean, uh, what happened to the guy's surfboard? It must have been a trillion – it must have been a trillion fractals, Warners. All the Tahiti stuff going on right now is just so off the ball. They must be loving it. That's good karma, right? Sort yeah. of feel the same for the... Oh, my God. What is this? Oh. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> what? Oh, my goodness. That's like... It's out of screen. It's not even the screen, Warren. What is that, 20 foot? It's fucking bizarre. That is packing it. <laughs> Look at the sand there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Old mate in the foreground's absolutely in a stupor. He doesn't know what he's seen. But uh, I mean, and just on that, I don't oh. want to stop with Matter High Dry Yes, carry on, one. Oh, I was just going to say, I've swum in that shorey when it's two, three foot, and it is so brutal. It is so full blown detonating. Like you, you can come up with a sand enema that. You know, he's scratching the back of your eyes. It yeah. is so full on. I got pinned in doggy there once. He <laughs> <laughs> got put in snoop by Kaki. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a three footer at least. Yeah. It's just like it's it's scary. Like if you're out there and it's sort of three foot and you you're copping a few beatings and all of a sudden, you know, like a you know how it happens in Hawaii, like a, a rogue six footer will come mm. in and you just you kinda of don't know where to go. You're just like, oh god. <laughs> Just get on your hands and knees, eh, Goodsy? <laughs> now, a bit about Matahai Drolle. Um, obviously, the brother of Manoa Drolle, who you mentioned, Wado, the OG Chopes master, the master of the silk in the Pacific juice. Uh, Matahai was dispatched to boarding school as a teenager, Vaughan. So he couldn't, could only surf on the weekends, mm. couldn't surf during weekdays. I guess that explains. He's got a bit of a kind of, mm, I don't want to say malformed, but just a, a bit of a gangly... Style still manages to fucking navigate some psycho Pacific cones, but uh, this is what Tim McKenna had to say about him. Tim McKenna is the kind of Aussie expat, chopes based uh, lensman. The last few years, when it was over 10 to 12 feet, you wouldn't see many locals out there, and definitely no kids. But now, with Matahai Drolle's house right there, they can take a boat out there, and there's a house for them to hang out at, hang out at, and they're kind of taking back the break. In the past, any pro could come and take whatever wave, but now these grommets are there with the best of them and they will take the big ones. Um, so Matahai, and then his offsider, Mataho, Tetapata. Uh, I mean, this guy's like the underground call order chopes. He's out there on his yellow board, you know, left behind by some pro and, uh, board, you know, he's just wearing fucking paint-stained board shorts and packing 10 to 12 foot fucking... He has one of the great... Chope shots of the last 10 years and uh, unsponsored on a yellow board in fucking hand-me-down board shorts. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but uh, this is what Matahai has to say about Mataho. He's one of my best friends, probably the guy who makes me push my limit the most because he's charging, he's getting the good ones, and it makes me want to get more. He's way stronger than me. He can get bigger ones. Uh, now, have a squeeze 
at this. I think you know the photo, but uh, you probably don't know that it's Madaho in it. Mm. Yeah, I love this. I love seeing, uh, you know, the locals reclaiming the wave that, you know, I mean, they've, they've been inspired by every performance that's gone out, on out there. So, you know, I think that, as you were saying, when you're staying at the end of the road, you're generally staying with families. So all the best surfers in the world have, have probably at some point been like uncles to these kids. And so uh, it's not so much as a, a reclaim as it is like just the natural progression that they're going to paddle out there and they're going to want to surf their home break better than anyone who, who's coming in after. Yeah. Um, wow, that Ooh. is just incredible. That's a fucking orb of life. <laughs> Look at that thing. Who's the cunt on the inside, Doctor? I, <laughs> I think that's a photo. Tim Jones, I think. <laughs> Tim Jones. Oh. <laughs> Look at the bend in it. Wow. Shout out to the great Waimea Shori Frogman. Yeah. I mean, just doing it for the love. It's fucking baffling. Yeah, uh, that's incredible. So, I mean, yeah. Wouldn't you love that, though, if you could do that? Uh, yeah, it's I mean. It's so it's cool to see those kids coming up in a gang. That's sick. Because you always, like, have heard, you, you've seen the, a few performers like um, Manoa and Raymana and that sort of stand alone with the best guys. So if a gang comes through, that's going to be so good. Yeah, well, there is a gang, as you mentioned, and uh, they're taking it back. And a few of the other names to keep an eye out for. Um, oh, well, just just a bit more about Matterhoe because he's that fucking classic. Um, so this is what Tim had to say about him. You're out there shooting for the whole day on these big toe swells waiting for toe sets. And at the end of the day, he paddles out and paddles the biggest wave of the day, drops from the sky, pulls in and makes it. Two swells in a row now, he's done that. Uh, He's the son of a local fisherman and with a mother who works at the harbour. And he only surfed, he only started surfing four years before that photo was taken. (laughs) (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? That's (laughs) fucked up. Um, yeah, and this is what Matahai says about him. It was, uh, it was difficult because he not have a board in the beginning. He borrow board. He trained and we surf every weekend because we have school in the week. And now he's one of my best friends and probably, probably the guy who makes me push my limit the most because he's charging. Um, so like, yeah, no access to a jet ski, no history of, history of surfing in his family. Um, you know, only able to surf on the weekends because he's got school. And that's what he's doing four Whoa. years after he started surfing. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, cut cut the uh, cut that four years down into how much surfing he's actually doing, and it's probably not even six months compared to the rest of us. <sighs> Brutal. The mind Brutal. boggles, man. Tropes is uh, yeah, it's it's a fucking bizarre place. Like I guess the skill set surfers have there is so specific to that wave mm. um, and it, yeah, just it's just strange you know that it's creating like a bizarre anomaly within the surfing species I a wonder, uh, man. kind of Darwinian convergent evolution of bizarre three-eyed tube pigs horn yeah well I guess uh, the same sort of thing happened at chippies a few years ago where you know you just you've got guys who are just so good at surfing that wave uh, and it's not like they can't surf anywhere else but it just sort of becomes this I don't know. It's just this understanding that uh, and comfort that can only come from just taking it on every time it's monster. And they're surfing it. They're not surfing it when it's perfect when they're grommets. They're going out there on days where it's absolute mayhem and awful. And that's when you really get to know the mood of the joint. And then when it's clean, you, you can kind of toy with it a bit more, I think. I think that that's what's going on with these guys. Mm. It's crazy that a guy like 
Matterhoe can get to the level he got to considering, you know, spending so little time in the water. And then you've got guys like Philippe Toledo, who's fucking one of the absolute most purebred pedigree surf talents on the planet. Cannot get barreled out there to save his life on a solid day. Um, it's got him absolutely just rattled. It's bizarre, isn't it? It just, is. It's, and it's all pure psychology, really. Yeah. It's, I it's mean, Toledo, you'd think, has the ability to get fucking spat out of a giant orb. Yeah, that's a really tricky one to read, man. All I can think of is uh, we had a, a grom in our hometown who uh, started really late, wasn't really allowed to surf in the Arvos because his mum wouldn't let him and all that sort of stuff. And <laughs> by the time he sort of got old enough to have his own way and, and go surfing, he felt like he was so far behind the rest of us that he just overtook us in, in months. Like he, his progression was so fast because we were already, uh, you know, so in our little zones and our routines and he was just so much hungrier to just try and get that just catch up it was a full drive thing and uh maybe that's sort of what's happening here mm, a couple other quick names uh to be aware of from the end of the road the children from the end of the road Coley vast epic you caught much of this dude waiter yeah yeah i've seen all this stuff that comes uh, um has been coming out of tahiti with this new wave of crazy kids it's amazing to watch i i i, I miss that place because as we spoke earlier I, I haven't been back there since the billabong days pretty much just through um not being able to so um yeah i i, I miss the place and I, i'm tripping on how much these guys are um taking over and how how late they're taking off they're, oh, like man. they're paddling stuff that people would have towed easily and these kids I mean, they didn't even. There wasn't even a young crew. Was there a, a crew coming up that you saw when you were there back then? Um, not so much. It was, it was more like late, late teens, uh, early twenties, kind of like Yari Williams and Michelle oh, and Hira Terra Tunufa. Yeah, yeah. Hira was a bit older, but uh, yeah, there wasn't like a gang of like little kids like you see. Uh, I think it's like catching up to in a Hawaii evolution of surfing mm. now where like you see that happen over there where there's kids at 16 doing grown man shit and I feel like that's happening in Tahiti now. Classic man. Tahiti's always had always had uh, world-class representatives sort of as part of the scene. Right back to sort of Arsene Hareho. Do you remember him? Yeah. And um, <laughs> Poto, of course. But these guys were not just good surfers. Like Poto won a, a world amateur junior title. Uh, Hero won a, a world amateur junior junior title as well, and um, then you've got uh, Drolle. He was on tour for a year or two there, um, so it's 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 right there, man. There's there's no sort of weakness in the armor. The no. I think the the one thing that always sort of lifts your country is is uh, what you mentioned before that that group mentality, and uh, when you've got four or five kids with the same sort of talent level all wanting to be, beat the shit out of each other, then you see things lift pretty mm. pretty mentally. But that uh, Corley, uh Vast, he he was in the Taiwan World Juniors that I went to as well, and he, pretty sure, if he wasn't punching himself in the head, he was punching the shit out of his board. He he wants to be, you know, up there. He wants to sort of make it as a big-time pro, I think. Let's hope he doesn't get into the passion pop or something. <laughs> <laughs> he makes it. <laughs> and, uh... This is the youngest uh, product from the end of the road. This is Gilbert Tiavi, uh, 14 years old. 
Oh, well, now I'm just feeling shit ass, Smithy. That's so rattling. It's so rattling when you like see a kid that hasn't even been alive as long as you have been surfing, surf so much better than you. Yeah. Like, it's so rattling. And they kind of have the perfect training ground there, don't they? Uh, just the Chopes Lagoon wave, that little kind of A-frame beachy mm. on the inside. It's, it's hilarious that you can grow up surfing uh, just a glorified reform, really. And then graduate to the fuck. And it's, you know, what is the, the, the Chopes Lagoon's like maximum three to four foot. It's typically two foot. And then they paddle out the back and get a 10 to 12 foot Pacific oar. Yeah, I'll never forget Whoa. the most demoralizing feeling I've ever had was paddling out a pipeline, you know, fully doing the deep breaths on the beach and just, oh, here we go, all right, yeah. And just, you know, paddling out and just could feel the pins and needles in my feet, Smithy, and... Managed to get out without duck diving. I was just paddling towards the lineup and looking at all the people. And it was only once I sort of sat in the lineup and took a look around and saw this sort of pregnant woman sitting next to me on one <laughs> side and a 13 year old kid on the other. And then there was, you know, like a couple of little girl bodyboarders who'd slipped out there. I was going, what the fuck is going on around here? I just felt like such a fraud. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't get rid of the, the nervous energy, though. Maybe just because, you know, pipeline is uh, just, it gets into your bones no matter what. But. Yeah. Fuck, it was a, it was a trippy feeling because there was bombs coming through. Like uh, when I say bombs, like, you know, six foot Oz, you know, six foot swell here. It's so different though. A six foot swell here is just like victory at sea. Like all the elements are sort of against you. Whereas over there you can slip out without even duck diving and mm. Beach Park might not even be breaking on a six foot day at pipe. It's weird. Mm. It feels shit. Still feels shit when you're <laughs> scared out there. Same the way. Oh, hey, finally, um, or maybe not finally, I'm going to uh, just throw out as team captain of the uh, Sparag... What are they called again? Asparagopsises? Asparagopsises is Laura McCauley. Mm. Have you copped that? Daughter of the great Dave She's McCauley. the first woman to surf the right. <laughs> it is hectic. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, yeah, I mean... Um, I don't know how long it's been getting planned for. I actually saw it on mainstream TV without the volume uh, for an ad for uh, 60 Minutes or something or on the news, but it was uh, in between the footy, so I wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention. But fucking packing it and pack it serious, serious, you know, big ones mm. out there. And um, I've been so, you know, caught up and blown away by Laura Anover, what she's done. Uh, and I think Paige Arms and a few of the uh, the other big that tunnel vision. You but paid mate, this, no attention. This to thing, young Laura McCall. This is fully, fully. To say it with me, like you know, Wim Hof. Fully, 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 fully. heavy, heavy. I, I, I'll see if I can find it for you, Smithy. But what do you make of this? Like, what, what what does it say to you when you're seeing this sort of performance and this sort of like glass ceiling shattering? Mm. Fucking epicness. I'm glad you brought it up because we've been waiting a while for a bona fide, no frills female tube pig or tube so to be uh, politically correct, I guess. <laughs> but uh, we haven't had, we just, there hasn't been that female. I mean, Kiala Keneally, I guess, is uh, probably the closest thing to it. But just that, you know, slab raised tube pig, uh, you know, surfing, you know, it's manageable. I think women, women surfing, wow, that is and respect angry angry egg of ocean but yeah we haven't seen yet just the the tube addict uh chick surfer right just well i think laura really is sort of like that's why her film and the timing of it was just so good 
Because you're going, this is a full commitment. This is, uh, this is like one track bind, hunting the cone and doing it in the, the really the heaviest possible mm. scenarios. But, you know, the, it hasn't necessarily come naturally for her. She's grown up on the northern beaches. She's had to work at it. So I'm, I'm kind of waiting for that, yeah, Vahine Fiero, you know, uh, you know, a Laura McCauley, somebody who grows up at West Oz or Tahiti, where, the, where there is slabs and waves of mortal you're cone You're looking for a female camel. That's what you're waiting for. A female Rusty. <laughs> what, what do you call a female camel? Uh, Does it have a name? Uh, got a camel toe, perhaps? <laughs> 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 oh, yes. Yes, nothing like a bit of misogynism to get born all riled up. It just caught me so off guard. I wasn't not even heading there at all. Well played. Well played, Smithy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Laura, you are the captain coach of the Asparagopsises, oh. and uh, we are frothing. Absolutely, On the yes. team of the week. Well played. But uh, Vaughn, I believe there's a couple of uh, substitutes. Perhaps, uh, I don't know, I feel like Kyle Lenny should surely get a spot in the starting lineup. Well, he's getting a spot because he looked to <laughs> Wade Goodall and uh, Dylan Longbottom as the... Trailblazers of uh, strapped toe-ats. <laughs> How does it feel, Wade? How does it feel to be the influencer, the hashtag influencer of Kai Lenny? I think his, his next big trick is the passion pop at Nazaré. That's what I've heard is his next on the cards. A toe-at passion pop? How's he going to do the straps? You'll figure out a way. He's Kai fucking Lenny. Oh, he is a... He is a He's such an odd figure in surfing. He exists in his own level. He's, he is son of lead. That, that's the world he inhabits. It's not, it's not of this world. It's a different realm, surf core. Yeah. Take me through it. Oh, Kylan has got to go. He fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like the foiling and like the kite boards and like his fucking like YouTube presence is just, it's like, Pissing in the face of Pauly. Like, it's just so <laughs> fucking turbo and, like, overly positive. Yeah, no, nah, I'm not. He's on oh, the come bench. Come on, you're not he's backing on it on behalf bench. of you. What about Biggest Wednesday? What about uh, the strapped crew? These are roughly in your tenure, aren't they? Yeah, but they can't give them a pass on that. They're fucking lords. They're like sinking tins and fucking headbutton fucking chalk all week. Well, you don't know. Lenny stuff. might be on the P. You don't know. <laughs> I reckon he's on the roids. But, um,. Yeah, no, I don't like him. What he's, about you, Goody? What, what about the, the, the literally the James Labrador 1990 backside 360 chop hop on a 50-footer at Nazareth? Yeah, I back jumps in huge waves. That's really cool. Like, me and Laurie have looked at that shippy step for years <laughs> to do something off, and I went there and pulled out of that goal. Mm. <laughs> wow, what I were you thinking? It, it was just too scary. Chop like chop up to uh, correction to mortal coniquence. Like a little, uh, a anything. little shifty. Off, like you, off you see it. them starting to do stuff. They're doing like Mikey Brennan and stuff. Will do a little lean off it or something. But I don't know. Just coming from a uh, a, a jump background, I was like, oh, when I go there, I want to like try something off the kicker and then get pitted. But then once I tried it, I surfed there. I was like, fuck, I can't do it because I cu- I couldn't get speed going down the first bit. Because I don't know the line yet, so to get enough speed to project off that step properly, 
I couldn't work it out, so I, I was just like kind of quitting. But what um, about instead of coming down it, towing at it? <laughs> doing like a roundhouse. Doing, uh, just get whipped in from the front, straight. I mean, the yeah. driver's going to have to probably... <laughs> you just know, go straight up into the... Well, <laughs> put it this way. He's going to have to sacrifice himself and ski yeah. for this trick. But what if you just like did a little toe out at the one footer on the inside as it's just starting to pearl? Little front side air <laughs> yeah, or something off yeah. it. I don't know. Into the oh, we were thinking more like a little a flip or something or like a, 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 like a full spin. <sighs> but um, I don't know. I back anyone that wants to tow into giant waves and do shit. Like we're seeing people paddle into the craziest waves that are breaking. So if you're towing in, you might as well be giant choppies and shit. I think yeah. I love back in that movement. Like I hope more people get involved and try and jumps on huge waves. Cause like it was always a thing I thought of, but never even tried. And now my legs are carcass. So I would never try it, but I'm hoping people get super into it. And well, what about it turns into like big mountain snowboarding mm. at that point. That's yeah. It looks, it's starting to go there though too. Cause yeah. the big pow, pow calves that, Kyle Lenny's doing at Jaws, like top to bottom, are pretty skits. But yeah. I know that you can't pay them because nah. all who the other that, crimes. Who was that? <laughs> yeah. Who was that older? Crimes. No, I backed the chop up he did at Nazareth. Who was that, Lord? Was it Randy Rarick that used to do like backies strapped in like off like outer log cabins and, and stuff? And Rush Randall. Yeah, Rush Randall. Yeah, yeah. he's the Lord. Yeah. Speaking he's of, iconic. Speaking of experimental toe exploits, uh, I mean. You uh, you mentioned you'd, you'd back almost anything in that space, Wade. What about uh, towing in with the help of a helicopter on a clubby rescue board? That's uh, <laughs> nu- <laughs> that's uh, Nutrigrain's latest. The speed was just outrageous. I started wondering, what has Georgia got us into here? Oh, that's fun. a couple of huge beatings. Oh no, George has gone down. Someone get in there. So I had a breakout season last year. It was a pretty incredible achievement winning the Triple Crown, but I need to look for something more and put myself through something that I've never been through before. And this was the new goal. She's so full of confidence after this season she's had and so determined to just do this insane idea. And I don't even know if it's possible. Reached out to Bevy to help me along with this project. As he took on ship sterns last year, thought he'd be the perfect man for it. George's idea is crazy. Not only is this a world first, but we're attempting it in these conditions in one of the most remote locations on the planet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> latest, uh, what is adventure. This? This is progress, Vaughn. This is what surfing in 2020 looks oh like. Oh, my God. That Lord towed shippies, too, on a fucking neutral oh, is that that guy? Yeah, it's that yeah, Lord. Yeah. 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 Uh, Georgia Miller and Matt Bevilacqua. Be- you wonder, is he, is he a relation yeah. to the great Claire Bevilacqua? Uh, the is great. part of the Bevilacqua dynasty? The great Claire Bevilacqua. Yeah, Shout Claire out. put him up to it? I, I hope so. I hope so. Was it the ultimate uh, kind of passive-aggressive put down for a fuckwit clubby of a brother. Go, hey, you know what he'll get you know what he'll finally get your respect in the surfing community? If you get up there, get out there on your clubby rescue board and whip in on the back of a jet ski into Pedro Breaker. You'll finally have their respect, Vaughn. And does he have their respect, Wade? Does Matt Bevilacqua have your respect? <laughs> no, no, I'm not back in... You hear that, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not back in helicopter nipper, poor toe oh, Back all. to the R&R, mate! Back to the 
back to the R&R. <laughs> oh, it's What's Clutch! Clutch is What's up. happened? What's what has happened here? What is TB saying? We need help. We need someone to guide us and show us the ropes. And uh, Taj Fire is here with us. Hello, guys. Um, he's just a wealth of knowledge and experience, and I'm so glad he's here. Over the years, I've been to some wild surf destinations and I've seen some crazy stuff go down, but this is extreme. And these guys want to tow into a wave. Not only that, they want to tow in with a helicopter. It's insane. Yeah, it's it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. Well, they must That's have... one word for it. How much did they pay your TV? How much have done they've got the TV? I can't believe it. it. Well, this is just, uh, what is this as, as far as TV's? Career trajectory goes here, uh, Circle. Was, no, I'm back in TV. He should have done an acid drop out of it onto the same wave like he did in Now we're talking. Pop. That would have been iconic. And focus that clubby ball. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, they, uh, maybe they didn't pay TB anything. They just gave him a bowl of Nutri-Grain before, uh, before that interview. Oh, that is one funny clip. Fucking crap that shit, yeah, eh? Good okay. find there. Um, final uh, reserve is just, uh, I'm going to give me mate. Ozzy, a shout out here because he has been uh, storing, storing personal photos, the persos, POV shots on his GoPro, like uh, just like the Asparagopsis stores CO2. He's been uh, surfing his little home break down there at Broadwater, a, a town that is literally famous for uh, having a sugar mill and also for being the last known spot where Jeremy Biles and Shane Herring were seen in the same. Same place at the same time. Wow, you mean to say yeah, they're the I same have... person? Is that what you're trying to tell No, me? no, no. They were just seen outside the uh, commercial hotel there, waiting for it to open, I think. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, uh, well done, Oz. Getting out there, getting it done. Store the persos, mate. Store the carbon. The selfie king. I like what he's doing there. He's uh, managed to incorporate all kinds of... Uh, Dolls and shit, yeah. uh, goods well, He's doing a whole series. You can go on his website and buy a poster ah. of all the different dolls he's taken into the tube. What's the name of this series, Warren? <laughs> uh, I so don't good. know, but uh, I know that he's he's got a full toy box full of goodies that he's going to oh, try and does. get in the pit. I mean, he's got all sorts of toys. <laughs> but, uh, yep, so uh, there's the Asparagopsis team, mate. What a team it is. Wonderful, wonderful. Well played. Very well played. Dogs. Ask us a question, we'll tell you no lie. Ask us a question, we'll tell you no lie. Question time. And uh, don't forget, folks, Ain't That Swellians, if you haven't made a donation to Ain't That Swell and you want to hear more of this endless drivel here, and watch now in 380 pixelated uh, good quality footage. That's right. If you want to. 240, you can, uh, 140, 380. What's that? The 720. The frame speed. Yeah. Mm. So 110, 240. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you can jump on our website, theswellians.com, or uh, click the link in our bio if you want to uh, make a $1 donation, $2, whatever. Uh, all right. Oh, hold on. It, we, since we've uh, reached the question time, it would be remiss of me not to toast it in true ceremonial Swellian fashion by ripping a hot one. Go, Smivy. All right, eh? Well, Smivy does his business. Let's get stuck into it. And Surf Core, the first question is for you, mate, from the Daily Grind. Uh, <laughs> I would go and have a squeeze into his thing. Oh, yeah, he's got some game here. Look at this. A couple of good forehand hacks. Oh. And, yeah, uh, nice drop wallet. 
He's good, mate. Oh, followed by Neil Purchase Jr. and Margot. Wow. So look out. Must be a cabber lad. Here we go. He says, what would it take for Surfcore to reveal his true identity? And he's got a, <laughs> a multiple choice series of uh, options here. A, Hero giving the QS another run. B, the Woozle ruling only boards over 6-0 with glass in fins can be ridden in competition. Yeah. C, Wonder Jar 2. <laughs> uh, D, Billabong re-releasing Tiger Trunk campaign. Or E, other. <laughs> all of um, the above. Yeah, all of the above. Nah, um, pretty sure Gainey's kind of got Wonder Jar 2 popping off. Like he's been filming heaps. Um Blowing out every zone he goes to, but um, yeah, been he's making like pulse three, I guess, or pulse two thousand and two. Mm. Um, but to reveal my identity, yeah, I'd have to see Harrow <laughs> get seated in a prime. That would be pretty. <laughs> <mental>. <laughs> then the balaclava comes up. Well, the regional the regional series is coming back. I mean, it's not out of the question. Yeah, if the Shane Herring, Shane Holmes, Super Shane. I love it. Yeah, Shane. How good is that? Too. I can't wait for the regional tour it's to kick off. Hopefully, so it's mental. this year, Smithy. If uh, mm. the Woods all can get this shit together, uh, you know, and run some events again, It'll be great. It's not really on them. Bring the back surfing, Vaughn. More surfing. Here we go, Blairo Triple One with the donations and the funding coming in from the Swellians. Will Smithy and Vaughn now be able to run Roy and HG style commentary on Woodsle events? Oh, Pirate Radio. Well, you've tried it, Vaughn. The bad cast. What happened to the bad cast? Oh, it just. Became boring when uh, we had to get up at four in the morning to do it. Uh, <laughs> I reckon. Um, I reckon there's a chance here, Smithy. I, I don't want to give too much away, but wheels are in motion, my friend. Mm. Wheels are in motion. Phase two. Phase two. Phase two. Phase two. Okay. Phase two, two begins. Swellian, stay tuned. Phase two. Phase two. Culture. Culture. For Wade, and this is from uh, Sieves One Hundred Eight. I think it's Sieves. Chris Eves. Private. Evesy. Private. <laughs> Yeah, you know he's a fucking filthy animal, this place. <laughs> uh, how does the mental scar tissue of two broken legs affect your mindset when attacking waves of mortal coniquits? Uh It's a good question, actually. Like, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes I guess when we, we think about your injuries in the past, you kind of, first question you ask is like, how do you feel doing airs again? Mm. But is it, are, the, are the pins just all locked in and, and 100% confident in big, big surf where the impact zone could... Shatter them into a million pieces? Um, it's been three broken legs. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. After two was fine, but this last one kind of cooked me a little bit. What's wrong, mate? Have you not been, uh, you're not been drinking your milk? You got uh, early onset osteoporosis? I mean, I sh- maybe shouldn't be joking about that. Maybe you do. Yeah, only time will tell. I think that's the, yeah, I copped a few years of like, drink more milk. And I'm like, yeah, fuck you. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Drink more milk. Try a full rotation backside air reverse, you could. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Doctors, I ask every time, is my bone density, in, mm. is there something I should be checking out? And they're like, no, it looks fine. It's just the the injuries that you have are the equivalent to riding a motorbike into a tree, you know? Shit's going to break yeah, and man. force on force. So um, I guess the question is, yeah, it slowed me down heaps because I haven't got better at surfing for a long time. Like I've I've been stunted in a way, I feel like. And then Ah, you're being it. harsh, mate. See, after Pentecostal, I look at I'm looking at you as like pretty much maybe the best surfer in the world, free surfer, like so well rounded, the Aussie Dane Reynolds man. And um I think like yeah, I think uh 
you're at your peak physically. I mean, yeah, the injuries are mind-boggling. But the other thing is I think what people also might not understand unless they've seen you surfing in the flesh is that you move at a speed and with a, a level of power and commitment that injuries are going to come. Like, you fuck, man, it, it seems unnatural how fast you go at it and how hard you go at it. So it, it, you're a bit you're a bit of a uh, – you'd probably have to say you're kind of a superhuman or a bit of a freak show. Yeah, Maybe that's, that's why the injuries are coming. I feel like I feel like shit most days. <laughs> I'm sore all the time. And it doesn't take much to get sore. But the scar tissue, it, it, um, it took – Every leg break, about two years to stop hurting constantly every day. And then once that pain goes, it's like through activity, uh, inflammation happens and you can only go on so long and shit. And then now where I'm in like no pain at all, uh, it just, I feel less pop and I feel Mm. less, uh, with all the metal in my legs, I feel less spring, like landing and shit. So air-wise, I... I don't have like the pop that I used to, but with big waves, it's kind of like, it's, uh, it's just reading it, it injuries aside. It's like committing, reading the wave properly. And if, uh, no matter prior injuries, uh, uh, doesn't matter about your prior injuries. If you fuck up, you're going to get fucked up. (laughs) So it doesn't really come to play. I've got a question for you. Um, where does the professional free surfing rule book, Stand on the use of peptides. I mean, if you want to get some more pop in your game, dose yourself a couple of peptides, Wado, or steroids. I'm not even joking. Like, I don't think uh, there's any any qualms with it, is there? And why haven't L- we seen it up. yet? Why haven't we seen it yet, for? Load up. Could you? <laughs> yeah. Get on the juice. Imagine. You mean we talk about uh, the power and aggression of Dane Reynolds uh, in this kind of dad bod state he's in? Imagine if he was carrying an eight pack and traps the size of. The Harbour Bridge, what he'd be throwing down. Oh. And uh, I mean, but, you know, I joke about it, but, uh, you know, steroids and stuff like that, one of their best functions, the best use of them is in repairing from injury and coming back from injury. And I think uh, Bigger, Faster, Stronger, the, the kind of steroid propaganda film, that's, you know, still worth a watch. It makes that point. Like, for those, uh, unless there's a reason, um, legally speaking, not to take them, uh, like, Fuck, you know, doctors prescribe them all the time for all kinds of uh, ailments. There's, there's a rumor. I guess most, mostly muscular, but I don't know. Maybe. Have you ever heard the rumor? Uh, I heard a rumor. It's like completely unfounded, but that uh, in the 80s, a lot of the, uh, or some, not a lot, I'll just say some top line pros were rumored to be uh, using steroids and uh, hence the uh, sort of out of proportion thigh muscles. Mm, yeah, well, Baney's made a couple of uh, potentially libellious claims that, that will that? not be out on this program. Oh, good. Thank God it wasn't we don't us. Have the, uh, we don't have the legal, no, legal well. funds to challenge it. We donated <laughs> it all to the uh, Black Lives Matter campaign. Exactly, mate. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe there has been a, a precedent set. I know that uh, Neko Paderats, we spoke about that. He, he was, you know, just having a shocking time with... Uh, back injury, wasn't Back it? injury, and so I think it's a seems unfair in surfing. I mean, you know, drugs in sport. No one wants to really see it, but I just don't see how it can help in surfing outside of injury repair. Injury repair. Mm. Anyway, think about, it. think about it. Think about it, Do I know a guy? Well, I did, you know, live in the inner city of Sydney for a while. I know a couple of blokes down the gym scene at Darlinghurst. Let me, let me speak to a, a mate of a mate. And I'll see what we can do uh, for yeah, you, Yeah, it just never seemed appealing, eh? You, <laughs> you mind if I hand your number out? Or? Yeah. Hey, uh, Chris, uh, Eves as well, had on one tip. for you to <laughs> surf core, and he just yeah. said if there was a calf show, uh, the opposite, or in you know the spirit of the air show, but a calf show, oh, yeah. 
Uh, who'd win? Margo, Taylor, Sunny, Oki, Fanning, Parker, Herring. Fuck. Did Hog Dog a... make the list? Hog Dog's not on there, but he, he could be. I saw a fucking pretty skits photo this morning of Todd Prestige. Uh, it was like a black and white photo I think Bosco took. And that fucking blew my mind. It was like, like it looked like the whole carve happened in the lower third of the wave, but it was like a fucking fish hook shade. Mm. Um, Pre- just on Prestige for a second, you know, he comes from a long line of powerful rail surfers, so much so, in fact, for a long time, the family name was Prestige. <laughs> but uh, he changed it because, he, you know, he wanted to break free and be his own man. It was Prestige from that moment on. But, but I mean, like, Prestige has now become the, uh, you know, synonym for great flowing mm. power surfing. Yeah, he's the, he's the Nicolas Cage to the Francis Ford Coppola family, right? That's right. He just separated himself. Yeah, Todd Prestige. Like, it was a Prestige. Um, yeah, car. but now... You got all, a winner? Yeah, of all the... Fuck, like... Of current guys, I don't know. William Cardoso fucking puts it on rail, but I'd have to probably say... Mm, panda. Old boy, um, Robbie Rickard. Ah <laughs> yes, Ribby Rockhart. He's um yeah, but he reckons he's losing weight at the moment. So I don't know about that. Maybe mm. title and contention. But I'll yeah, pay no, that. He puts it on rail. There's nothing quite like it. Seeing a big man throw weight, throw chunks, and throw weight. Mm. Is there? Sean yeah. Briley, a big pipeline. Pancho Sullivan. Just seeing big rigs throw it around. There's just something hypnotic about it. Yeah. It's like oh. a, it's like watching a, a wrecking ball. Swinging off a chain, doing ballerina. It's mm. quite bizarre. Yeah, I watched uh, a little bit of just uh, the leftovers of Dane Reynolds surfing in the electric test, the board test that Stab did. And uh, fuck me, man. Whoa. When he when he buries it, I don't think anyone compares. Was he eating leftovers before you watched those leftovers? <sighs> I don't know, mate. He was doesn't set. mind a feed. He doesn't mind a hack, the big man. All right. So uh, Jasper Endersbur- Endersbusby. Sorry, mate. I've butchered your name. Jasper, good on you, brother. Swillians. Uh Is good all the best surfer to ever surf P-Pass? I think for sure, and it should be renamed. The P <laughs> should stand for Passion Pop Pass. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Rename it. We're taking it back. It's going to be the Triple P-Pass now. What, Are you, you the Captain Wade? Cook of P-Pass? <laughs> Rediscovering this Micronesian at all and then renaming it in your honour? No. I, I'm not Captain Cook. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I know Jasper. He's from Noosa. Son of Eggy. Uh... He's a good lad. Um, fuck, no way am I claiming nothing. No. <laughs> I, 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 we'll we'll take, we'll, we'll say, we're, we're going to call it pass from now on, all right, in honour of the passion pop. From now on, every time we talk about P-Pass, we're going to go called pass Yeah, we'll just omit the name. And just say pass in honour. It's passion point. Passion pop point. Agreed. Renamed. Consider yourself Mr. Cook. Our passion pop just... Won't die. It's fucked oh, up. It's, 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 it's going on his gravestone. Absolutely everything. Hey? I feel, yeah. He came. I invented feel the piece. Saw he passion popped. <laughs> uh, Peter Casey, who had the most? Do- this is a pretty. This is probably a good argument here. But who had the most dominant performance through one event and got the win uh, that you guys can think of on the CT? Uh, this is a bit of a random one, but uh, Joel on Parkinson, J Bay, two thousand and nine. I want to say John John Florence, Margaret River, twenty. 14. Mm. I think I don't know 2015. That I don't know. That can be beat. He, he's got Owen Wright down at Fiji. Cloud break to, to double tens. Oh yeah, that was mental. That was, that was double doubles. Up. It was double doubles. Owen Wright in overhead Pacific cones of mortal coincidence is one of the great spectacles of man and nature and technique and 
hardware all fused into one orgasmic, slowly balding tube pigs. It's probably right. yeah. it's incredible. Probably yeah. arc at the skins, right? Like, oh, jeez, oh, that's yeah, yeah, that's like the winner. Skins. Yeah, mm. that's the winner. Mm. That's the biggest like difference in like because like all those other ones, there is like other competitors. You're like, oh, they could have kind of got free far. But then like that, you watch like the other competitors. You're like, oh, he was rinsing the cunts. Like it's <laughs> so embarrassing. Like watching like how feeble everyone else looked out there. Mate, yeah, that's that's the one. I think unanimous yeah, is the yeah. board voted. That's why they call him Surf Call. And to Camber Man, uh, cones of mortal conequence. I've I've got it. I've got it, mate. Don't worry, Smithy's not off me back about that one. Uh, let's have a look here. Ed Rumbo. Fuck yeah. Question. If a mate loses his board at Sharps on an 8 to 10 foot day and a young man paddles in to share his board with him as they get swept around the cliffs to boulders while sets rain down on their heads, how many cases of beer does said mate owe this young legend? Yes, well, uh, you'd start by a kind of a head high level of cases, I feel like, and, and brick it out from there, wouldn't you, Vaughn? I reckon that's, uh, yeah. Uh, it sounds Do you like... build a house? It sounds like if they've gone washed, been washed around into boulders from shafts, that's a that's a that's a decent wash in. I saw a photo the other day of someone who made like a Roman like doorway. You know how like if you stack bricks, then angle the bricks like that yeah. out of like beer cartons. Mm. Like they made a full archway out of it. I reckon uh, that's what you owe Like good one, <laughs> a Roman archway of Amy Bitter. You heard the man. Good on you, Ed. Uh, and uh, looks like he's a good fella too. Couple of good posts there. He loves his dog. Loves his do- dog. Loves stink beetles. Loves mm. Black Lives Matter. He's my kind of man on your rumbo. All right. Uh, let's have a look here. Darcy Crump from uh, down at Av. How are you, mate? Recommendations on the best style gaff helmet to fit your dome. Well, we've got a few different styles here. We've got the visor. Well, with, well is there, is let's there say. Look, different types? Oh, exactly. Born glad you brought it up. There is, in fact, one other known prototype uh, made by a... Some kind of cave dwelling wizard living in the hinterland of Margaret River, and it's it, it, it's less of a gaff helmet and resembles more of a kind of you know Co- Korean War era mm. army helmet. Oh, cool! But it's made from a specific uh, you know fiberglass mold of the head. You can go out there, get them done one at a time, sit in the man's lair. Oh, wow! And have a um, perfectly molded. What, what is your favourite performance in a gaff? Yeah. Have you got one off the top Owen of your head? Owen Wright, uh, 2019 at Chopes. There will never be a better one. Mm. I think it's uh, Tom Carroll, yeah, 91 pipe for the, me. Yeah. Under the lips now. Yeah. But um, there's there's a guy that's been surfing D-bar lately and just like footy headgear. And I reckon that's the way because you're not going to get like the rattling from that. It's just like literally the foamy sort of... Speak to this yet. I've been thinking about it. I really thought the uh the Steve Menzies, you know, nineteen thirties era Albion headgear would be a great fit that's just full of holes, all the water drains <laughs> out easily. Uh, I'd love to see you out there. I, I mean why why wouldn't it work? A rugby league headgear Vaughn. Um I can't say why it wouldn't work. I reckon it's a great idea. I'm backing it. I reckon next time you surf and look we've got a swell coming this weekend, I reckon get the Albion out. You're in. You're on. I I'm mean, on. those are. It's, it's just those wowsers in the fashion backwards. And if you do that, surf I'll, I'll community just, that are holding me back. I'll tape up. I'll tape up the ears and paddle out <laughs> with the uh, the uh, you know 1980s rugby league second rower look. Well, I'm already packing some cones in my footy shorts, my Bondi United uh, footy shorts. Just add the headgear. 
Actually, funny story. There's a there's a photo. I'll, I'll flash it up, right? So um, I'm ge- I'm getting a tube in my football shorts, right? At uh at Crummis there, and uh, I ran down the beach. I actually had strapping tape like you've worn around my head. Literally, I uh, got off the the boat from Sambal with a terrible ear infection that I'd had for about a week. Um, my ear was full of pus, um, and I went to a shitty little Lombok clinic there. Um, got it kind of sprayed, surfed as it's got on the you know rode my motorbike, got on the, the ferry, came back to Crummis. It was cooking. Uh, I ran down the beach, and none other than Rizal Tanjung paps me. He paps me, Vaughn. And it, it went live. Went it global. Went live broke on the Instagram. internet. Hashtag kook of the day. Oh! <laughs> but this being the island of the gods, um, you know, this is a, a great day of crumbs. It was the biggest I've seen. A hold mm. like in the flesh, you know, six to eight foot. Uh, the odd bigger ones. The odd big one. I um, weirdly managed to kind of get the one on oh, the day. Is that the one that's on our website? Yeah, I packed the one. Oh, and that's I got, a good wave, mate. And I got bathed out of it. And uh, who should be paddling out and who should I kick out in front of than the man himself, Rizal. Ah. Quite cosmic, isn't it, Vaughn? That's summed up Bali beautifully, mate. Ironic the way the, uh, univ- the island of the I gods. just like that the tape's working too. smoked me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I've got one here. Uh, I don't know what you're going to make of this one, Goodsy, but uh, it looks like Jared Ainsworth says, does Goodall have beef with Kanoa? Does he know something we don't know? <laughs> No, I don't. I don't. I don't think I've ever been in the same like town as him before. I have no idea about that guy. He seems kind of different to me in a lot of ways. Ah, oh, you heard but, it here first. I don't know. Different. I'm, That's the quote, Wade. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know him. I've never even met him. What could you possibly have beef with? Jared, yeah, yeah is I he, don't know. Any any clues? He's from the northern beaches. This guy, so I'm. Uh, I'm just going to assume, or what set him off on that conspiracy theory? I don't theory know. I maybe don't he thinks know. I'm Wade Carmichael or something like that. Ah, a bit. maybe. All right, Jared. Yeah, you'll have to come back with another question another time, mate. Yeah, lad. All right, here we go. Uh, go. We're just whirling our way through here. Uh, Matty Wyler, <laughs> he's got one for you, Wado, as well. And uh, where's he from? Here, he's got some cool stuff on his gram. Look, little rainbow pit. Nice with the Grommies on your Matty. You this. Um, he said, what band would Goodall want to surf with? So uh, he's, he's listed Metallica, Run Amok, Creative Destruction. You got another band you'd like to uh, huh. have um, a hang with and uh, get to know and share a bit of Brian time with? Not really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, not like big anyway. Like, um, uh, you are wearing wash. I would love to just... I surf with Creed and Bo and Ellis every day pretty much. So I want to keep surfing with those guys. <laughs> so probably the Washies and then um, uh, Blister, Chewing <laughs> and Noah. <laughs> so I want to continue. Goons surfing. get a start on there too, mate? Yeah, but where are you? Yeah, we're, we're still floating around, mate. Yeah, yeah I love the Goons. The, cobwebs off the, the only time I see Killer is at like school drop-off and stuff. And that's oh. where I get my little taste of Goons and it's nice. But I don't see you as much. Nah. We had our first jam the other night. He's not hanging at the daycare, we, though. <laughs> we played one song and then packed up all our shit and just drank beer for two hours. It was awesome. <laughs> Sounds perfect. But, Surf um, Call 2001 from Finchop. Uh, he says, would Surf Call 2001 would love to get your opinion on how many channels my 6.6 by 17.5 by 1 and 17.18s should get? How many is too many? How many channels? Yeah. Oh, four's too few. 
I reckon eight's too many, so go with the six channel, just A B style. Real deep, but not like the like mellow ones, like real deep A B channels that come out the tail. A little little swallow. Talk us through. Not like those channels that Snake made for Jimmy. Oh, those ones, yeah. No, no Snake Tails channels, proper AB channels. If this is, uh, that's Finchop, so his name's Finn, and uh, it looks like he's got a bit of game. Uh, all right, well, a couple more. Let's see what we got here. Uh, Goodall, how comfortable are you with staying in backpackers with unisex showers, and at what age did you stomp your first air reverse uh-huh. at Parrell Park? Do you know this guy? Yeah, that's my best friend, Kalen. Kalen yeah. Schloss. On you, mate. He's also got a Caroline Marks-ish severe backhand on him. Wow. Yeah. Zaps like Mark style? Calandra's hockey, really. <laughs> He's mental. Um, what's the game, mate? <laughs> eh? You're not, not fans of uh, backpackers? No. Oh, yeah. He, no, you know, unisex showers seem to be the problem. Yeah, I don't really like staying at them <laughs> very much. The, I think they're real dirty and shit. So he you, always, don't, you don't like getting bed bugs at a backpackers? Look at these bourgeois elitists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too good for backpackers, eh? Too good to pack in the bunk beds. Well, with fuck, the, uh, if I want to save money, I'm in my swag. And if I want to stay in a place, I'll get a... Hotel that I don't have to share a True. toilet with a bunch of cunts. It's savvy. That's what you do. When you go to the <laughs> yeah. backpackers, you bring your swag and you camp out on the floor. Much yeah. cleaner, Vaughn. Guys, uh, I think we'll use this question to wrap it, eh? Uh, and <laughs> I think it's a fitting one to uh, you know, seal off what has been an awesome afternoon hanging with Wade and Surfcore and always love hanging with you too, Smith. Mm. But uh, this guy is uh, Jacob Fryer. I'll just make sure he's not frying up anything too full on here. And his gram can't get into it. Followed by Surfcore. You know this guy? No. <laughs> so you follow him. The sea mullet. Shit, and uh, the sea maybe. mullet follows him as well. His question is, where was the passion pop in Pentecostal? And can you still pull one without the over-the-knee boardies? I <laughs> <laughs> Um, where was it? Why didn't we see one in Pentecost? Just even in the credits, man. It wouldn't, I the credits is where you drop that shit. Ballner, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. It? I've been doing them a bit again lately because Vinny got me all Jake Vinny got me all psyched on him again. But um, I, yeah, I just haven't really felt the urge to uh, go there late. But lately, I've been trying a couple. But I just don't think it's that good, so I don't try them very but much anymore. But a- I do have this like passion pop uh, power, where. When I look at people, they do them. So, like, it's happened on three different occasions. So, I even got Gabriel Medina with one. I swear, he did. I looked at him when he was going across and he did a passion pop, and I was tripping on it. Whoa! And, uh, <laughs> I, don't a, even, I haven't really even That's met the Pentecostal him. powers, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Tana- You've made a deal with the Dark Lord. Tanagadaskis. <laughs> I can, I can get, make Tanagadaskis do them because he knows I like it. And then um, Jake Vinny, I saw it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, wow, is this, is this the, kind of a, the underground network that really runs Surfing Born? And they're all just secretly, you know, I know that the white supremacists have their kind of okay symbol, but their symbol's a, a discreet passion pop in the shore break. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a, this is like the fungi. It's, you know how like if you the stand on the ground, it's eating your, the soles of your shoes and all that sort of stuff. This is the, the unspoken language of passion poppers. Yeah. I think it should stem to every single move. Like if someone... Is somehow related to a move. You should, if you make eye contact with them on that wave, you should attempt that said move. Ah, yeah. I like oh, this. Love it. It's kind of like a, a very martial arts 
you know, <laughs> nodded the cap to the uh, yeah. originator. Yeah, I like it. I could see it, you know, in the martial yeah. arts sphere. Well, I actually Except just love the, the corrupt. Uh, you know, yeah. when <laughs> fuck that. I was gonna say. <laughs> Next time I see Kersey in the car park at Devo, I'm paddling. <laughs> <laughs> he has been ripping though. God, he's been surfing well on the twenties. Hey, um, before we go, uh, what was I gonna say then about the one last thing about the passion pop? Oh, just seeing a turn like take on a new life because Vinny has actually made it look like a really. Like it, it looks as fun and fresh again as it was when you first did him. Yeah, it He's is. He's really good at it. It is fucking fun to do. Like yeah, that move sick. came from like a one foot wave in Caloundra that has a tiny bowl after the takeoff. Like mm. there's literally nothing else you can do on that <laughs> wave. So that's where I started doing them. And that's like people like go, oh, it's just whatever. It's just nonsense or whatever. But it's also just like, fuck, what else am I going to do on that piece of shit wave? Like, Oh, that's where the genius is always created. And that, always. And that's it's, it's meant to be fun. And Jake Vinny surfs so fun. I love I love watching him surf. Yeah, he's, he's such bullshit. a Oh, So good. All right, boys. We'll uh, check his next time. And, um, yeah, ain't that swell? Up the fucking swellians. Yeah. Up the swellians? Cheers, boys. Yeah. Nah. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? This guy, are you kidding me? 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 Kidding me? Kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. 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 Oh, you gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. 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 You've got to be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me, right? You gotta be kidding me. What? You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? You kidding me. You kidding me? Are 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 you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you fucking 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 kidding me? You have got to be fucking kidding me. Are you fucking kidding me?